Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. If you enjoy Real GM Radio, you're going to love the new Underdog Sports Network on Podcast One. Join Chris Horwardell and friends each week as they cover the biggest stories in sports on The Underdog. Examine football news year-round with The Underdog Sports NFL Show. Learn about former NBA players on Tales from the Association and fight it out on You're Wrong and Here's Why. Check out all of these exciting shows on the Underdog Sports Network every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome to Real GM Radio. I am Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to have you with us for another episode. This is the continuation and conclusion of Arturo Galetti of Daily Roto coming on, and we do the entire West over-unders and everything else that comes with that. I mean, you could think about all the Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, everything else like that for, for every team. And I usually for a bunch of different logistical reasons, don't do timestamps. This episode does have them. So if you want to hear a specific team, you can get to that point. I would recommend listening to everything. I think there's good content everywhere. And of course, it's not rigid. Sometimes you end up talking about a team in another place. You get context, but you can listen to it that way, should you choose to. And this episode is brought to you by new sponsor, Robinhood. You can check them out. Go to realgm.robinhood.com. Also, our friends at BetOnline. If you go to betonline.ag, and use the promo code podcast one one you get a 50% sign-up bonus. And then Pluto TV, the leading free television streaming service. As you would expect, especially those of you who listen to the first half, this is an expansive episode of Real Jam Radio with Arturo. Over two hours. As I said, there are timestamps there. So hope you enjoy. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. This will be the second part of this podcast. So thanks for taking the time. Yes, uh, our very long podcast. And it's, it's fun. We start with the worst team in the West, which is... The Sacramento Kings, and I will say at the outset, if you haven't heard the explanation of kind of how we do this process, that is at the beginning of the Eastern Conference podcast, which is already out. It is available wherever you listen to this, you can get that. And so that'll give more of like where we go for stats and all that kind of stuff. So if you want that information. I'll give you a brief. I got the lines as of September 17th, and we're going through the best line and the worst line. And we're comparing like statistical models with did last season and looking at the different odds to see what we like about this particular team. So the Kings. So Sacramento last year, they won 26 games, but, and I'm using cleaning the glass for this, they had the point differential of a 22-win team, which is important because Sacramento didn't get a whole lot better. Their improvements that they will make will largely be age-related, which they have a ton of young guys, so you can expect some of that. But... They're still not particularly good. I mean, they also don't own their own pick. 
it's Boston's. Right. They don't own their. Well, it's, it's, so it, it's Boston's one of my one of my favorite crazy pick protections. It's Boston's unless it is the number one overall pick. In which case, Philly gets it and Boston gets Philly's pick. So you want to talk about a swing like that could happen, and with lottery reform, it's not super likely, but that would be bonkers. Oh God, good Lord! Yeah, it's like yeah, so you go from like, like you go from the possibility of the number two pick to the like twenty seventh pick. Congratulations! Yeah, neither, neither, and the thing is, like the n- nobody else in the league needs the Celtics or the uh, the Sixers to get another number one pick. Right. Yeah, or even like a top three or whatever, and it's, this class isn't particularly great from what I've heard. Oh god! So. Well, no, the guy from Duke is really, really good. Is what I've heard. So Zion far. or RJ Barrett? Zion, oh, Zion. I've heard. Well, like, Zion's uh, really interesting. I've seen him play. I saw him play in high school a couple times, and he's amazingly physically talented. But I need to see how it translates against NBA schemes and NBA talent. Calendar opposition, but he's very interesting. Uh, a guy I really trust for like scouting in the draft is like it's like really high on on Zion. So like yeah. Yeah, so he might be the guy that like, gets picked like in, in seventh or eighth spot, and like people are like, "How did that happen?" Oh, he'll go. But, I think he'll go higher than that, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. But let's talk about Sacramento, a team that does not have their own first round pick. The Kings, <laughs> so, but, but it's and it's important that they don't have their own first round. Very, pick. very, very important, important because this team is going to be bad, but they're not going to be like so. Like if they're playing the Hawks, the Hawks are probably trying to lose, right? And the Kings are somehow trying to win, but they're not. I don't know if they're going to be able to. The term that I use for this is usually that the best course of action for a team that is bad but doesn't have their own pick is that they should be indifferent to losing. And so what I mean by that is they'll play whoever makes the most sense for their long-term development. And if that's their best player, so be it. If that's their worst player, so be it. And with Sacramento, they have a lot of bad guys. So that, that you know, probably their best course of action is not playing as much of like Costa Kufos and a couple of those type of guys. But they don't really have many of those, especially with Garrett Temple now in Memphis. And something else to remember, I, I just was just looking this up. Sacramento, this goes against that idea. The end of their season is overwhelmingly against teams that are probably going to be in the playoff mix. I mean, they play New Orleans twice. They play Houston twice. The Spurs, we don't know exactly where they're going to be. We'll talk about that later in this podcast. But the most of their beating up on bad teams is actually probably going to be in March. But they will there's have only, their opportunity. Look, there's only one bet I'm probably, we're probably interested in for this team because I think I'm very clearly on the end there. I'm very clearly on the fade, right? Like, Vegas is basically daring you to go either way. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, so I, I don't really want yeah, that. So I, I forgot to say this malpractice on the host part. Uh, you, to go over, you'd be betting it at twenty five and a half, so twenty six, and under, you'd be betting at twenty six wins. They won. They won twenty six last year, and this is not. I want to be clear. This is not that we think the, the Kings are good. This is they have no incentive to lose, so they won't care, and they're bad. But like, there are going to be teams that are going to be actively trying to lose probably certain points in the season. So like, where it's. Put it's it's kind of in a very weird spot. It's hard to lose that many games, and they're not going to have an incentive to. So I think I'm still under because this team is so bad. I mean, who's the, who's they're real the, bad. Who's the second best player on the Kings? Who's the first is- best player on the Kings? I was going to say De'Aaron Fox, but I think Bogdanovich is probably going to be better than Fox. Um, what did they What did they draft? Bagley. God, they drafted Bagley. They drafted Bagley second. Oh, I forgot. I gave. I think didn't I give him like a, I gave him like a. Well, I mean, I like Marcus Bagley fine. But God, they drafted Bagley. They drafted Bagley oh, over Luca. They drafted Bagley over Trey Young. Oh yeah, but all like, the centers. But see, but see uh, so here's the thing. Like this, and it's a good point for us to say it before we talk to Luca. Luca was not going to play for the Kings, and he had all the leverage. So let's talk about a hypothetical. And again, you can't really do this, but if you could, his agent could have called San Clemente and said, like, hey, if you draft me, I'm, I'm staying. In, I'm staying in Europe. 
So don't even bother to draft me. And I think Luca, there's a real chance that Luca basically like told teams that he wasn't willing to play for them, and he got drafted by the first team he was willing to play for. Right. Yeah. So I, I think I think they to me the Kings if for whatever if they believe that threat then they should have taken Jaron Jackson or even just traded down if if the guy you think is is the next guy probably wouldn't have gone in the top five or at least not in the top four then maybe try to move down even if you're not getting an amazing asset because you can just it's exactly what Atlanta the did. the problem the problem is like okay so so Danny you, you your life depends on the Kings winning a trade do you let the Kings make the trade or not. That's a fair point. I, 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 somehow they would have traded the number one pick to the Celtics for like uh, God. They, they would have traded it for like uh, a magic bean. Like for like a magic. No, I was gonna. I was gonna say basically they would have traded it for like for like a guy who's not even on the team anymore. God, for, like, for the for the draft rights to to some somebody who's not even going to play in the NBA or something. Yeah. And and so with Sacramento, like, I think there's a chance that they outperform this part of the reason that I'm I'm under fate as well. Is like I could see Bogdanovich having a good year. They have a lot of guys. I don't think the guys they have are particularly good, but at least they have a lot of them, so that's potentially useful. So Is players- this, are the Kings the least talented team in the NBA? Yes. It's it's not it's not even close though. I mean, like well, Atlanta it, has yeah, because like Atlanta has Kent Bazemore. Like Bazemore would be the best player on the Kings. But and I, mean, I, and I like and I like Trey Young better than anybody on the Kings. Young has high ceiling, low floor, so you have some. I, that, like, I, I, I think De'Aaron Fox will, has a very good chance of being a better player this year, even though I like Trey Young much, much I better. Not, as a I, I did not, I did not like Trey De'Aaron Fox coming out of the uh, out of college, and, and and I haven't seen anything to change my my impression of him. So yeah, so right yeah. now I'm like I, I would, I would yeah, rather and, have especially because this then this will get into something we'll talk about soon enough. Like the Suns added guys, like even if even if that might have been misguided, at least they did it. So they're yeah. they're going to be substantially better than they were last year. Is that grand? Is Zemo still in the game? Zemo's still there for now. So is is Zemo their best player? No, I think Bogdanovich is better than Zemo. Oh, but it's close, though. Um, no, I, I think Zebo. I think Zebo's. I mean, because I don't trust him defensively, and then offensively, he's not providing much value. I, but I don't. They're, think. They're, they're going to be knights in the year of our Lord, twenty nineteen. With Zach Randolph is the best player on the Kings. Yep, that is entirely true. Which, okay, so underpaid. Yeah, underpaid. I mean, that's do we, it, do we like do we do we do we even want to talk about rookie of the year? No, no, forget about it. For Bagley, yeah. I mean, what are, do you have the number handy? Because I mean, there is actually uh, an argument uh, for Bagley winning it. Well, somehow I'm, I'm on Golden State rookie of the year. Bagley, he is at eleven to one. Okay, so the argument for Bagley is about counting stats. Generally speaking, the best predictor of rookie of the year is the guy who puts up. I think it's the most combined points, assists, and rebounds per game. And Marvin Bagley. Could I don't expect him to, but he could lead the league in those categories. Well, I've been, I've been, I, I run it like winning. Winning does have an impact on it a little bit. It, it's less than MVP where, it, where winning matters a lot. So it's like counting stats and winning, and then having like not having to share that winning with somebody else. But so I think the, I think the Kings are gonna like he would have to have like some ridiculous season, and the Kings would have to not suck. And I think that like. I see guys ahead of him, so I wouldn't be willing to put the eleven to, to one down on him. So I would be no, I would be a pass on him for rookie of the year. You? I would pass partially because I just don't believe in him that much, and so I'd feel stupid betting on a guy that I didn't like that much. Like, oh, yeah. Even if it works out, it's like ah, you're going through it. But we can move on to the Phoenix Suns. The Suns only won twenty games last year. They actually had even they were worse than offense, worse than defense. So they were actually played like an eighteen win team. So they exceeded their point differential by two games. But they added a lot of guys. 
And did so, I imagine? Did I, did I imagine? Did I imagine the Booker got hurt? Or, or yes, he, did. he missed a bunch of time. Yeah, he he had a hand issue, which he actually had recently had surgery on, but he missed time towards the end of the year for right. So he had surgery on his hand. Is he going to be healthy for the start of the season? Well, the current projection is that he's going to be back, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean one hundred percent. He'll be back in the first week or two of the season. So they added a reason Ryan Anderson, and <laughs> this is such a weird roster. Like and Tyson Chardon, who I like, and but the biggest the biggest change they made oh so first of all we should say the numbers so if you want to go over it's 27 and a half if you want to go under it's 29 and a half the and biggest, they won 20 and they won 20 games last season they won 20 games last season which is I really hard biggest, to do by the way the biggest addition that they had to me is igor kakashkov the coach that they had who has experience with he was most recently with the utah jazz was an important part of what they did there he's bounced around the league before he's actually has been with the suns previously and he's the head coach of slovenia which is part of what made it interesting that they passed the, on the suns, on luka but the suns Owned their own pick and they got Milwaukee's pick for some protections. Yeah, it's well. d- that one's double sided protected. So I think it's, it's pretty much the same range. So if Milwaukee is one of the <laughs> better teams in the league, so I expect that Milwaukee. It'll be, they'll, they'll get it in 2020. Now they won't get it in 2019. Uh, yeah, I would have to look at it. But yeah, I think that's. It's one, it's 1 to 3 and 17 to 30. So I think they're probably going to get it in 2020. I would imagine that they're going to get that pick in 2020, unless something weird happens. Yeah, yeah, because I, so I, be, I think they'll be in the 17 to 30, and then next so, year it's 1 to 7. So incentives. Whereas Sacramento did not have any incentive to lose, the Suns do have incentive to lose. And if Devin Booker is hurt, wouldn't you. If you're, if you're the Suns and Devin Booker is hurt, wouldn't you just hold them out? Yeah, but I think they'd like to really show some improvement this year. I mean, you don't add Trevor Reza on a one-year contract and then trade for Ryan Anderson, even though they got off in the awful contract that is Brandon Knight. So if they were if they if they were in the East, I might buy in the West. Yeah, I mean that that's one of the big things here is that in the the proportion of games they play, there just aren't any slouches in the Western Conference. So that's I, a, a I'm big getting concern. so if I'm if I'm getting I'm getting Phoenix at twenty nine and a half to bet the under. Mm-hmm. That feels too attractive to me. I, I, like I, I think they could like they could have a, a pretty good year and still go on that under. So I'll I'll underplay it. I don't love the play on it, but the big reason why I am playing it as opposed to fading it is because they're in the West, and so they're well, going to they be. Also, as I said, they, they own their own pick. They have all the incentive to. Like, and, and, and they can be the other the other part of this is because they're in the West. They're going to be unless they like if they really outperform this expectation, it'll be a little bit different. But in all likelihood, they're going to be far outside of the playoff picture at least in March. Even your me, lofty aspirations fall away, and you're like, "Hey, we need to do what's best for us." Let me ask you a question: Are TJ Warren and Trevor Ariza finishing the season on the Suns? I think Warren is just because it's going to be really hard to trade him. He has this is the first year of his extension. He makes more than forty million on this extension. That's a lot of money for TJ Warren. Ariza, I don't know. I mean, a lot of that's going to come down to what McDonough, their general manager, if he's worried about his job and all that kind of other kind of stuff. Ariza could he could not. I'm I not could totally. Sure. I could. I could totally see him on the Lakers. Well, I'd be if if he gets traded, if he gets bought out, there are a lot of a lot of interesting things. I mean, Ariza would be a. I mean, I could see him on the Rockets again. Uh, the, the Lakers, the Rockets, the Bucks. Yeah, they're, they're, he would help a lot of teams. Like, I think what might end up being really important there is just that the trade deadline is earlier. 
but yeah, I think I think I think Phoenix is a candidate for like. I mean, they if they're looking, I mean, they're still kind of flipping talent around. So if they can trade Orisa for like a decent pick and get some more assets coming back, yeah. that makes more sense for them. Like it, it's like it's it's the things that that Charlotte should be considering to do with Batum. But I think that like Orisa is a natural candidate. Like Orisa, well, Orisa is a, guy is a that, much like, better fit for that because his contract is so much. Yeah, and like Orisa on a good team, I need a guy who can defend and like. Give me points and do stuff, and Ariza's perfect for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll I don't know. I don't. I don't know what he's doing on Phoenix other than like getting some sun and getting paid. And getting, so getting we're both. He, you know what he's doing on Phoenix? He's getting fifteen million dollars a year, and yeah, maybe he'll end say, up on a good team anyway. So for the for, for the Kings, we were both under fade. I think on the Suns, we're both under play. Yeah, which is funny because I actually think the Suns are meaningfully better than the Kings. But you but add a couple, all, you add a couple wins, and then the incentives. Yeah, they have all the incentives to lose. We, we're not even going to bother to look at conference or. Or anything no, else, no, right? no, we are not. Rookie, rookie of the year there? No, no. Aiden? No. Yeah, what are what are the odds on Aiden? DeAndre Aiden, I think those are actually pretty decent. Probably like five or six to one. Uh four to one. That's straw. That's he's my pick as of right now off the top of my head. Four to one. But it's not bad. I four mean to I one. think I think he's gonna put up numbers. And I'm I not sure. Just, I wanna say I'm gonna say Aiden, and I think I like the four to one because I think Booker is gonna mix extended time. So basically he's gonna be the only show in town for that team, basically. Well, I mean, yeah, so, he's yeah, I'm Aiton, I would put a small amount on that four to one. Yeah, that's not bad. It's okay. Yeah, it's not, not bad. Great. It's not bad. And it's it'll okay. be fun to it'd be fun to have something invested in this Suns team. Like if I were a Suns fan, that is the bet I would much prefer to them going over or something like that. It's just like like if I'm a Suns fan and this team goes over, I'm mad. Well, <laughs> it it kind of depends on why they go over. If it's the young guys doing well, then that's something. But if it's you know well, Anderson and Ariza really pushing them over the tape, and then Ariza, yeah, I mean, be competitive. Ariza can help these guys grow, but like just 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 play fast and like lose well, these like tight can, games. Yeah. They can be a thirty. Four win pace team for through February, and then they can still get below this number, and that's actually what like, I think might happen. Boom. Yeah, just just fall yeah, off. Take, the just just taking take an early vacation, guys. Yeah, I think now now we're starting to come to something more interesting. Yes, we are. We are, we are on the Dallas Mavericks. At yeah. Dallas Mavericks won twenty five games last year, but the, they are projected at thirty three and a half. Like Vegas has them at thirty three and a half as a low, and thirty four and a half as the high. And so here's where I wanted to get to. Dallas last year had the differential. Uh-huh. They had the scoring differential of a thirty three win team, but because they were so abysmal in close games, that's why they won twenty five. I was expecting this number to be a lot lower, and then I could just hammer the over. This is actually to me a pretty good number for them. I mean, they were also kind of like they're also kind of banged up, and I mean this oh, team sure. added this team added Luca and DeAndre Jordan, right? And DeAndre Jordan does not get enough credit. What like the only like the, the only reason the Knicks won, like the the Clippers won the games they won last year was because of DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan is a good player, so you add him, and you add, you add Luca, and you can kind of shift Dirk to more of a secondary role. I don't think he he gets extended run, run on this team. And I mean, I think this is, is a well coached team. I, I I feel like it's over and it's a play, and it's 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 pretty. I, I mean, I think this team will be closer to like it's like Spolstra. I mean, it, how does this team compare to Miami? I think favorably. I think this team will be like thirty seven wins, close to forty. I, if Luca is is really good, then this team is over forty easy, right? I think he might have some going pain, so it'll be closer to that forty range. But I, this team is going to try to play hard. I mean, I I think that like you know this. This might be Dirk's last year, so I think they're going to do everything they can to compete, right? They are. Am, am I wrong? It, it, it's it, well, so I think there are a couple different things that we should talk about. One is just the big problem that I would argue at full strength 
they're the 13th best team in the Western Conference. Like, there's a, like, I think that they are, you know, I, I would go over fade here just because I think they're better. Like, I think they're more of like a 36, 37 win team, personally. And I think Carlisle is a great coach, and I think he'll do a, a good job getting something out of this group. But why I'm fading it instead of doing it is just because there's so many teams above them that if they just start picking off some of those games, and you only play two games a year against those those East teams, if you catch if it's on the wrong day, that can be sometimes it's a nasty East Coast road trip, all those sorts of things. But something else that goes in Dallas's favor is I could imagine Dennis Smith. Like who, I like Dennis Smith as a prospect quite a bit. I liked him. I thought you know, but he was always one of those players who it looks like it was going to take him some time. And I don't think he's going to have figured it out this year. But playing with Luca. Having DeAndre Jordan as a role man, just superior talent around him. I could see him, you know, he was one of the most damaging players in the league last year. If he is better than the most damaging player in the league, that will help them a lot too. They, they have their own pick. And actually, but before anybody gets mad at me, it's his name, su nombre es Luca Donkic. Okay, before anybody gets mad at me, I just, I was in, I was in English and I pronounced it wrong. So Luca Donkic. Right? So people are going to be like, you pronounced it wrong. But, you know, I really, I mean, again, I, I really, think that this is a group that like Carlisle can get over the hump and it's 33 and a half I'm basically betting over 33 and a half with this roster and they added DeAndre Jordan who's like a production like he's a guy who does rebounds does production like raises your floor significantly and they added Luka Doncic who's the guy who raises your ceiling I mean and then it's like what Dennis Smith Jr. Wes Matthews Harrison Barnes and Dirk and the other guys that like uh, like Carlisle put around them so I mean, you might be right that they're the 13th, 12th best, but I think that's good enough for 35 wins in that conference. Particularly since like the bottom of the East is going to be so trash that I. Well, yeah, but the I'm, bottom, but the bottom of the East is, but the I mean, the, the think, playoff race in the West is going to be deep. I mean, those teams aren't they, going to be losing many games. They in the bottom. own their they own their own pick. Do they, we think? Oh no, they, Dallas only has their pick if it's top five, uh, because otherwise it goes to it goes to Atlanta for Trey Young. Oh. You know, like that was the because they traded they traded their pick with top five protection and to move up from five to three. Atlanta drafts Trey Young to Dallas drafts Luca, so that could end up going in either direction. You know, if they're if they're if they're thinking of tanking, why did they go out and get like why did they go? I don't out think and- I don't think they're intending to. What I think they could do is pivot. But the other thing to mention here is that with lottery reform. Getting to like the fourth or fifth pick, and especially now that they're uh, they're doing the lottery on the first four picks, not just the first three, they would have to push probably to the third worst record to feel confident that they're going to keep that pick. And that's a long way to go. I mean, for people who listen to the Eastern Conference podcast, which is already out there, we think the bottom East is going to be absolute dreck. So yeah. they're going to have, like, if they're a, let's say they're a 35, 36 win like, team for the first five months of the season. I don't think it's going to be possible for them to fall far enough. So then at that point, you might as well just keep going. I think like like to call the bottom of the East a trash fire would be an insult to to trash that's on fire. Uh, I would again. I think that like I don't think they're tanking. I don't think that's the way they're going to play. And I feel like they're going to play. And the number is low enough. With I mean, they added the MVP of Europe. They added like a top five center. They're going to be healthier than they were last year. And they're well coached, and there's a bunch of teams that are they're just like going to be worse than them. So I think 33 and a half. I think this team wins closer to like 30, 38, 39. I mean, if they, I mean, if the the argument is, are they going to try? And I think they are. So I think it's over. Now, do I want to play it? That's the question. Are you over or under this team? I'm over fade. 
uh, you know, if they were not, if they were anything other than where they are in the Western Conference, I would be overplay. I like Dallas a lot. I expect them to win something around 36, 37 games. But because of, I, 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 there's, there's just this little part of me, all they would have to do is lose a couple of games to these good Western teams to be blown. So I'm going to fade it, but I do really like Dallas. There's so many things that I love about this. I think it might uh... be another year. Like Dallas, here's something I'll say about Dallas. I think there is a distinct chance. I'm not going to say it's going to happen. This is not like three years ago when I said the Sixers were going to make the playoffs in 17-18, which I'm still really proud of. But I would actually be expecting right now Dallas to make the playoffs in 1920. I think they're going to be much better that year. They'll sort out some of this 20, rotational 20, stuff. 20, 2020. Ne- yeah, next, not this upcoming season, the season. They're, they're, not, they're, they're not making, no, you said 1920, so they're not making the playoffs in the BAA. So instead of betting the over for Dallas, you know what I would rather bet? Luca's MVP, Luca's rookie of the year. I would rather look at what is Luka. it? What is that right now? I don't know what it is, but it's going to be fun to bet. It's three to one. No, no, actually, it's three and a half to one. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, bang, bang that. Yeah, I could imagine Aiden putting up better counting stats, but I like Luca a lot better, and I think he'll, you know, because the rebounding will help Aiden. But I mean, the Mavericks are going to be a better team. Yeah, I, I would, I would feel more comfortable putting my money there too. Yeah, it's like rather than I don't, I don't love that. I certainly don't, but I do think it's good. I, and I, I, I mean, betting on Luca just makes you feel good too. Luca was playing professional basketball. He was the best player outside of the NBA in the entire world, right? And he was clearly that, and everybody thought he was. And he's been playing. He wasn't playing against like you know Western like pissant state. He was playing against like like real kind of professional teams for real stakes. So I think that there's a good chance like he could come in and be like a top 15 guy like off the bat. And if that's the case, he's the rookie of the year, easy. And this is an over. But you'd rather bet on that, right? I think Luca is the key. And so if Luca's really good, he's the rookie of the year, and they're also kind of uh, getting the over. And actually, if if I'm a Dallas fan, that's the fun bet. If if, if he does, does that, and like Dennis Smith Jr. takes a step forward, and you know you've got DeAndre, that's I think this is an easy over. And I think you again the bet is rookie of the year. But we're not going to look at the conference odds, or we're not going to look at the uh, other division odds, right? No, no, we're not. Okay. So for we, MVP, we, do you like anybody for MVP on Dallas? No. no. Before Arturo and I continue with the Memphis Grizzlies, I want to take a moment to tell you about a new sponsor for Real Jam Radio, Robinhood. Robinhood is an investment app that allows you to buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. And what I'm really impressed with, having used it a little bit now, is how intuitive it is for people like me who are not that familiar with investing. Investing can be very intimidating, absolutely. And so Robinhood, through their interface, through not charging those brokerage fees, which can be such a a big barrier to entry for people who are more reluctant, which includes me, and just being easy to use. And if you look at the, the phone version, it's just really impressive. And so they're trying to make financial services work for everyone. And trying to make it simple and intuitive, which has absolutely been my experience so far. And that allows kind of to take some of those barriers to entry I talked about and become more comfortable with them and make it so that you can keep investing moving forward. So if you want to check it out, what you do is you go to realgm.robinhood.com, R-O-B-I-N-H-O-O-D.com. And that does a couple things. Get a free stock to help you build your portfolio allows you to sign up, check out the site, but also tells them that you came from us. So really do appreciate that. So again, go to realgm.robinhood.com. It's a custom URL in this one. 
Memphis Grizzlies, a oh, lost God. a lost season for them last year. They only I mean, we don't even need to talk about their win total. But so what it's set for? If you want to bet the over thirty three and a half, if you want to bet the under thirty five and a half, and this is another one of those. I think it's a good line. I, I you know Memphis. I I'm think, staring. I, I'm staring at the, at this line and grimacing. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell this team is going to be this year. Right, uh, and, be- and it depends so much on who stays healthy. Like this is a fade for me, no matter what. Like they, they don't. It's it's an obvious fade. There are a couple of those. They don't. They don't own their pick unless they're in the top eight. Because right. that's the the Boston has three picks in this draft possibly. Yes, because they own the Memphis pick, which would be uh, protected for one to eight. They own Sacramento pick, protected to one. So the Celtics could be adding like there's a good chance the Celtics could be adding well, and three then, picks. Then you, the other one is the Clippers. They actually could have four because if but the Clippers have to make the playoffs for for the Boston to get their. Pick. Yeah, 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 I mean, I, 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 so it's possible. Actually, so, we'll talk about that. So later. Let's, let's talk about that one later because that's interesting. But not much um, later, Memphis, but later. So if Memphis. Do we think Memphis is going to blow it up or Memphis is going to play it out? I think they're going to play it out, at least for this year. I mean, if they wanted to blow it up, they could have done it last year. They didn't. I mean, so Marcus Mark, How many years does Mark have left? One? Two? He went on his contract? Yes. So he has this year, and then he has a, a lucrative player option for next year that I expect him to pick up, unless he's so unhappy that he wants to just take less money to go somewhere else. Right, but I mean, the point to trade Marcus Law is now. It was right? last year. That was the point to trade well, I mean, Marcus the, the point to trade Marcus Hall was to try to get something from the Celtics last year. To try to get something from like a number team or like trade him now. So I think so. Conley will be back, right? But we keep saying I, I always feel like we're always saying that Conley will be back, and he's never like back for a full season. So which is kind of sad, but it, it is what it is. Conley will be back. One thing I want to say about Memphis is their perimeter rotation is a lot deeper now. They just added some guys. So they got Kyle Anderson. They got. Garrett Temple, who is who is vaguely interesting. I really like Jaron Jackson. It's going to take him some time. Again, this is another one that was, I like the rookie, but the rookie's not going to be very good. I think Jermichael Green's going to have a better year for them. Yeah. So where I am on this is 33.5 is a pretty low number. I'm going to fade the over. And I actually think um, there's a, pr- a pretty good shot that they do that. But I'm not confident enough in their health to to bet the over. I'm Yeah, I, I think that there's a very good chance that they do that, but I'm going to fade it because I don't know. So that team is run by some smart folks, and I don't know that they like the present reset is probably the smartest thing they could do is to move Mark and like get enough pieces to start a youth movement and then basically like protect their pick this year and get that pick in and then get like four or five guys in to add to that roster and kind of reset. And Kyle is it like they brought in Kyle Anderson, but Kyle Anderson's young enough and a good enough player that if you bring him in and add some more pieces, then you'll have something next year. They're not going anywhere with the current roster, they're not winning anything, they're not even winning their division. With the current roster, so like, I mean, you you kind of have to like figure out where you have to walk away from the table at some point, and I think this is close to being it, right? So I'm with you. I'm gonna go over because I think like if they're healthy, this is a silly number, but I'm gonna fade the hell out of it, right? Because I don't I don't trust this team at all. Do we like rookie of the year MVP or anything on this team? I don't think Jaron Jackson's going to put up much of a rookie of the year case. Just I don't think his scoring is going to be at that level. Memphis has better options there. I like Jaron. I think he'll be a very good player, but he's not going to be there. And then the division, all that, no. So uh, I'm curious. Like, they're, they're, let's see, the championship odds for Memphis. <laughs> this gets funny. Uh, Memphis is at 500 to 1. I wouldn't touch it. Uh, to win, that's for the win, to win the title, actually. And to win the Western Conference... Just, just for giggles, right? Uh, Memphis is at, at they're actually the I know they're five hundred to one, which is the lowest odds on the table. 
Well, I would rather obviously bet the conference odds than the title odds, but I wouldn't do either. But, they're, but they're, no, yeah, they're not going to. No, no, they're not doing that. No, like, like Memphis, I could see Memphis making the playoffs. Like I think there's a shot at it. I don't expect it, but that that's of, that's it. That's where they're going. L- l- let me just say, out of the east, out of the west, did LeBron die? We'll get to the Lakers, but like I know, no, no. I mean, like, like it's either like like if if, if Memphis is making it, either like the Spurs or the Lakers are probably going home. Right. Or, or, or there were just some other high-profile injuries. Like there are, I, I'm what I'm saying is there are ways it could happen. You, I don't expect you, it. You you have to you have to like you have to like get rid of some folks to get Memphis in there, right? Yeah, that's and, right. And, I, what and, I'm saying and, is they their best case scenario realistically for me is winning about 45, and so then the yeah. the, the, the the playoffs need to get down to there. And it's possible. I, I'd say it's unlikely, but it is possible. So the Clippers are next. Uh, the Clippers won four, somehow. The Clippers won forty-three games. I'm not quite sure well, how they did. They, I they mean, won forty-three games. Last Doc year. Rivers did a fantastic job coaching that team. I mean, I which think is, that was the best coaching job of his career to me. That and the yeah, Celtics yeah. title team. I mean, when putting putting together a team and having them win that same year, like those are the two best jobs he's ever done. I mean, I think I think on that one you, you had a he had a very deep staff and he had a bunch of guys that were he bats did have a and, deep staff. and he had a bunch of guys who were like were coaches on the floor like you know well, they, yeah, they and, a, and they were also really good like I mean that right. it, it and getting that team to defend was not exactly a crazy thing considering how insanely good KG was yeah. at that point I mean, in his career some of the some of the guys who were secondary players on that team think about it like Tony Allen was a secondary player on that team mm-hmm. think think about the Rondo level was that, their like, fifth best starter yeah Rondo Tony Allen's coming off the bench I'm forgetting. Oh, oh, God, who's their sixth man? I forget his name. James Posey? Uh, Posey, yeah. So you had Posey and Tony Allen coming off the bench on that team. That's a that's a pretty solid defensive rotation. If yeah. like if like if, if Posey and Allen are like like six and seven, Rondo's your fifth best starter, like that was an insanely good defensive team. But no, last year, like I don't know like that was done with mirrors. It was so, and Lou Williams I, playing out of his mind, which was awesome. Yeah, I, I mean Here's the thing. This is a really fun team. Are they going to play Bowman? Are is Bowman starting or is Bowman? Well, he's coming? definitely not starting. So they're going to start Marcin Gortat, and then they sign Montrez Harrell. And so Harrell's prop Bowman might even be their third center, which is deeply disappointing to me. But let's go through. I didn't go through their full line. So forty three wins last year. They had the differential of a forty and a half win team. But the line is set way lower than that. Thirty five and a half, thirty six and a half, depending on which way you want to go with it. I think this is a pretty good line. Like this is a, like, I, I think the Clippers could be better than this, but I'm not totally sure they will be. Their pick is protected for the playoffs, so playoff protection doesn't affect the team's decision-making because you'd rather make the playoffs than not, even if you're losing your pick. So that, I don't think, is a big factor in it. And I'm going to go over and fade it because there are a lot of guys I like on this team. I mean, Tobias Harris... Yeah. Beverly, if they assuming they keep him and don't trade him to the Suns or whoever, I think Avery Bradley's going to have a better season. Last year was just such a disaster for him. And the Clippers, the other big strength they have is they're deep. I mean, Gallinari is useful when he can actually get on the floor. They have a bunch of different centers. And Bob Mute and Mike Scott in their forward rotation is a really nice addition. Like, those two guys can play. So they have, they're too deep or more than too deep everywhere. It's not, they don't have a lot of top end talent. Like, I think Tobias Harris is the best player on this team. But what do you think? What do you think about, about Milos? I don't think he's going to play very much. I think that okay. he, you know, it, the, basically they're keeping him as insurance that somebody, if somebody gets hurt, because Shea Gilgos Alexander, I think, is going to be their backup one because he's the guy of the future. They just drafted him. And Shea could, Shea could do pretty well in that role this year. Generally, young guards don't. But they're, but Milos, he's insurance if Beverly gets okay. hurt. Or theoretically, they could they could maybe try to move him. If you if you have to pick 
of these three teams, who has the best record at the end of the season? Dallas, Memphis, or the Clippers? I, it's between Dallas. Oh God, that it's it's close. I, would, I mean, I I, I think I'm, I think I'm team Dallas fairly. Just going through it, if I had to pick one of the three, I'd pick Dallas. Well, so just one of the thi- like, so I think Dallas has more downside risk just because they have all these young guys who just might not be good yet. But I mean, the, Dallas that, has DeAndre. The, the, they have Harrison the Dallas, Barnes. Dallas has the best player on the Clippers from last year. That's true. Well, yeah, probably. I mean, I think DeAndre, have, DeAndre took a step back, but he used to. And they, have, they, and they have better players than DeAndre had around them last year. Mm-hmm. And they have a better coach than he did last year. No, no disrespect to Doc Rivers, but I think if, if, if we're asking him if he's better or like Carlisle's better, he, he probably goes Carlisle. I, I and think Carlisle's a better coach, yeah. I mean, and Doc, yeah, did, Doc, Doc, Doc was better last year, but yeah, that's what yeah, But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think Carlisle was like there, there was a plan last year. And they also have Duluka, so I think like – I think that that Dallas is probably like Dallas compares favorably to that Clippers team last year, right? And I think the Clippers don't compare. Favor- I mean, again, I like it. The number is lower. It's thirty-five and a half. But I think that like I'm not willing to go under on. Well, for for me, this is a pretty clear over favor. You know what? Just because for I me, think it's, me, I think it's a good number. But I'm, I, going I, dis- I'm going to disagree with you and go under fade on the Clippers. Okay. I think they're like a 38-win team, and that's not going to be nearly enough to make the playoffs in the West, but that's still good enough to do. And, I mean, and the other thing to does, consider for does, the Clippers... Does, does, does like every other team owe, owe a first-round pick for Boston? Every time I check it... Pretty much, protection. pretty much. <laughs> but so I, I think the other thing to consider with the Clippers is that, I mean, it'll obviously depend on how close they are to the playoff picture and when, but... They have this idea that they want to be competitive, so free agents will want to sign there. They're going to have a boatload of cap space next summer. And that sometimes leads teams to not sell off. I think the Clippers are the most interesting seller in the league if they get to that point because they have a lot of good players on expiring contracts, but I don't expect them to do it. Well, actually, uh, I'm looking at this roster. Again. Pat Beverly is a good player. Lou Williams is a good player. Tobias I like Harris, Harris is a good player. I mean, Gortat is Gortat is Gortat. Like, and they, I like Bulba. I'm going to go over fade. Uh, I flip back and forth, but like that number is too low. Thirty five and a half. I think yeah, this team. I, I thought this number was going to be like thirty eight, and I was going to go under fade. Like that's what yeah, I, I expected, think, and then the number was just lower than I thought. If Gallinari, like, and Gallinari's never healthy, but let's say Gallinari's healthy for like fifty games. Yeah, this isn't a terrible team. They'll, beat, they'll beat people, like, and especially if yeah. it's against the dregs of the East. But they'll, I, like, I think they can. I think at full strength, they'll be pretty solid. You know, not as good as the best teams. The team, we're gonna, they mark a transition point for me between teams that I, I don't expect to make the playoffs to teams that have a pretty good shot. I mean, if, if I was if I was running this team, I would be like, I'd be like, let's give Bob on twenty five minutes and just and just there. Like, there's gonna be well, yeah, you just... you've been saying that for like four years now. Well, because so. it's it just because it's Bob. Like the point with Bob on is like, yeah, you can't play him in every situation but there's like six there's like let's say 70 percent of the team the teams in the league don't have the personnel to like if you put him out there to take jump and like here's the thing he's more of a dirt type than he is a, like just put him out there like 10 feet he can make jumpers like who's gonna cover him right he can make jumpers get rebounds and push people around because he's that he's strongly he can literally like lift people with one hand right it's like like Bobon's like was wrong in the wrong I was like arguing with somebody basically Bobon's it's, it's it's if George Mikan was available to play in the NBA. That's kind of what Bolan is, right? In the same kind of like, like, like just insanely, he's tall and he's unguardable when he does things. And if you can, you can do some stuff around that. Granted, you can't, you can't, you probably can't like have him all out there all the time. 
But when you do, and when you can, then you run people off the floor. And the people who used that, like the Spurs did that, and it worked fine for the second unit. I think the Clippers should do that. But again, getting off that, I'm over and I'm fade because I don't know exactly what this team is. Right? Yeah. It's I like know. a magic box to shake it. Like if everybody's healthy, I think this is like we said we had this conversation last year. If everybody's healthy on this team, they're clearly over this. But I don't think everybody's healthy on this team. But I think <laughs> they're I think they're deeper this year, and I think that's going to help help their, yeah, but, help the resilience of their number. But and people, 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 a lot of the good teams are going to call them and go like, "Hey, can we Pat, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Wesley Johnson? Oh, those three guys. All those three. All these guys are targets. Well, and Bob Lute, Mike Scott. Yeah. I think a lot of I. I mean, they have they have a lot of guys that people. Maybe like, oh. somebody wants Gortat. Gortat could also be a buyout candidate just if they're not in the playoffs. Just be like, hey, you want to play on a good team for a month and a half, you can do that. Yeah, I can count, I can count, I can count five guys, Harold, even Harold. I count five or six guys that teams would go like, yeah, I could use another like wing. And, and, and again, it doesn't quite fit together, but like, you know, Patrick Beverly could definitely help somebody like, could Patrick Beverly help Toronto? Yes. Right. He could help. Could. Well, I think he'd help Toronto less than a lot of other teams, but he could help a lot of teams. I mean, to me, the most logical place for Patrick Beverly is Phoenix. Could Lou Williams? Could Lou Williams or, or, help or Orlando? Could Could Lou Williams help San Antonio? Yes, probably. Could it help like probably. Philadelphia? Philadelphia, yes, he could help. Definitely. Help oh yeah, he could definitely help Philly. Yeah, yeah. And so like, we'll see what teams are willing to give up assets and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, that's why I said they're the most interesting sellers in the league because they have he, a lot of guys he, that can play. Could he play on the Celtics? Yeah, he could, but I don't. I don't think that would be how they would use yeah, they wouldn't, their, they their wouldn't. tools. The way, yeah, I mean, Lou, that <laughs> it doesn't make much sense to me. Like, it, it would be interesting, but no, I, I don't expect that to happen. Like, I guess that would be something like Lou for Marcus Morris or something like that. I, I yeah, I could, that. I could say something like I need to look salaries or something like Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams for Eric Bledsoe might work. Yeah, we could bring Eric Bledsoe back to the Clippers for, <laughs> well, I mean, for a couple I, months. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. you know, you, you know where I'm going with that? Like, oh, hey. <laughs> But, and, and, yeah. and Beverly and Lou Williams could definitely help the Bucks. I mean, I, of course. Beverly and Lou Williams are very much Budenholzer players. Like Budenholzer, like they they seem to fit to that system, wouldn't they? I think they the would. Shooter. Yeah, yeah, they, they fit very well. Okay, so next team over the Portland Trailblazers, who won all forty nine games last year. I think, and you're going to talk about point differential. They probably exceeded their point differential. They did. And forty six point seven. Yeah. Right. And they're projected forty one and a half, and they're uh, that's the low, and the highest forty two and a half. So, Danny? I didn't expect the line to be this good. I yeah. expected I, – I thought this was going to be 46 and I was going to be like under fade and going to feel really, you know, okay about it because I like the Blazers. 41 and a half. That, what, is Vegas, what is Vegas? Vegas? Is Vegas thinking that somebody's getting leaving a game? Well, so there are a couple things. So I think, I think that's a consideration. They played over their heads last year. The West is very strong. Remember the Lakers moving from being like a 35-win team but this, to a 45-win but, but team to a 50 this line is almost like baked into they're going to trade or move somebody. Well, that, that, so so the other thing, like this is around where uh, Kevin Pelton's uh, RPM projections are right now. But one of the, those factors, I don't think Vegas priced in that their bench is way worse this year. I mean, it is, but I mean, it's it's shocking to see a relatively young team with us with the starting five intact that gets this sort of drop. So. God, I'm debating whether I want to play okay, the over here. I'm looking, like I'm this looking, is, I'm this, looking. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the depth chart. You know who their third guard is? I mean, it might be Seth Curry, depending on how you want to structure it. Oh no! It's 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 sauce. It's sauce. No, it's, it's not. No, he's like Sauce their fifth or sixth guard. He's he's oh, not. You guys, Real GM is listing Sauce Castillo well, as their second guard. They they can list it. I mean, they can list I, it I, how I, they I, want to list I, it. I'm looking at it going like, oh god. Well, yeah, I mean, they replaced Shabazz Napier and Pat Connaughton 
with it's probably, it's probably Seth Curry. Yeah, you're right. Nick Stauskas and Seth Curry, and I like Seth. I like Seth a lot. But and Seth, Wade, Bal- Wade Baldwin's going to play for them. But also oh, remember they lost Ed Davis. Like and now Zach Collins is, has to play. They're like, they didn't add forwards. Past their, past their top, who's there? So take the starters out of the equation. Who's the best guy on their bench? Well, so if we're assuming they're going to start <laughs> Mo Harkless and Aminu, the best guy on their bench. Well, okay, let's 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 take so top six is Lillard, McCollum, Turner, Aminu, Nurkic, and Harkless. Yes. Okay. So who's seven? My instinct is Seth, that it's Seth. Seth. Curry? It's Seth, but I mean he just just coming off a bad like a stress fracture in his leg, oh, so we don't I, know like, what he's going like, to be. I was like, what? I was like, what's wrong with the slide? I'm like looking at their depth chart and going like, oh, okay. Well, so, so you have a, a couple of different other factors there, which you and I like to talk about. One is I really think Terry Stotts does a good job with this team, and even though it is always shocking to me that when they do well in defense, because there are a lot of guys on this team that I don't trust. At a certain point, you give respect to you give respect to that possibility. Though it is worth remembering that they were 25th two years ago because those the, the, a lot of shots were going in for opponents. I think that was unsustainably low. So I think I, I think I, I think I'm out. I, I think I'm out on Portland this year. Well, like, the, okay. The, so the statistical, model, the statistical model has them at 37, and like I'm looking at the I'm looking at this team at the bench and going like, yeah, their their wow. bench is really scary. I mean, so their bench, Portland, their bench is their bench is. Their bench is it reminds me of Philly like three or four years ago. I was like, what, good lord, what the hell's on this team? What in the you're bench? making, what you're making a bet on with the Sixers? I'm oh, sorry, not with the Sixers. You got me a thing. <laughs> with, the, with the Blazers, Blazers is that their starters are going to stay healthy, and by and large, their starters have pretty much stayed healthy. Like, I mean, if Dame or CJ misses, let's say, 15 or more games, they're probably screwed because they don't have good replacements. They and they, they have, always and but they always miss time. But they don't always miss much time. So. I'm going to go over fade here just because I think they're more talented than this. My instinct is they're somewhere between 44 and 46, but, and I would consider playing this. Like this is right on the line for me in terms of playing it, but I'm going on their fade with this team. Yeah. Just it's, to- I, and I can see that. I mean, there's, there's plenty of downside risk and all that, but I, I think they're a better team than this. Person. Do they, do they, do they blow it up? No. I don't think they do. Are they? I mean, are they locked into Damon CJ? Damon CJ have another two years after this year, so maybe they think about moving one or both of those guys in the summer. But I don't think they do it during this year. Do they? Do they? They own their pick, so yes, I mean, they do. But they're not. They're not going to get into the sweepstakes because I don't think they. No. Unless Dame or CJ get hurt early, if Dame or CJ get hurt early, then this is going to be way, 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 way under. Sure, because I think they basically just take they just take the season off basically. I, I, mean, just, you can, I just think you they're can, a better team. I, I, I was you expecting this line to be a forty six, and then I would be on the under fade with you. But I, you could you could definitely move Turner and Aminu. They could. Well, sure. I don't think you can definitely move Turner. His contract is still onerous. Next year it'll be more manageable. But right now, I mean, seven. I think it's seventeen. But Aminu, years okay. Top but Aminu, you could definitely. move. Oh yeah, if they wanted to, sure. But they would have yeah. to do it for a reason. And like, I think when you look at Paul Allen, remember Paul Allen was willing to pay the luxury tax with this team. Like, and we know we've talked about what they are. I think that that's a pretty good indication that he's telling Olshay we need to do our best to compete at least whatever that is. I don't know exactly what that is. So I don't think do, they're going to blow it up. Do we think this team? has a shot of making do you think this team makes the playoffs i think they I have think, a I think, I think shot but i don't expect it like i, I they're gonna, i don't I have them in the top be, eight i might be 48 to 50 to make the playoffs in the west it very well might be yeah so and i said they're 44 to 46 so and, i haven't yeah. looked at i don't know if like 538 has their projections out there yet i think the like there's a, a decent shot they make it because really if they stay healthier than everybody else then that opens the door for it but i don't think i i think they're the you know, the ninth or tenth best team in the Western Conference. So that makes uh, it hard. They're, 
They're 125 to one to win the uh, the West. Yeah, they're not winning the West. Okay, let me look at the let me look at the Northwest. While we kind of like Northwest actually might be interesting. Let me let me look at this. I want to I want I'm curious about this. Uh, no no no. They're not. They, they're the longest odds to win the Northwest are at six to one right now. Yeah, I wouldn't touch that at all. I wouldn't touch that with ten football. No, <laughs> not with Oklahoma City and Utah there, and even De- like uh, I, I couldn't see this team be having a better record than Denver. I don't. I don't. I don't know what would need to happen for them to have a better record than Denver, and I don't know what they're the they're the fifth they're they're the fifth they're the fifth, they were the worst team in their division, and it's we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about the Timberwolves later, but like, do you think? I mean, would you put them five in their division? Yeah, I mean, as of I mean, as of right now, when we're recording as of, this, as, on, as of right now, as yeah, mid right mid September, yes. we're recording this. I would say they're the on, on talent, they're the fifth best team. Yeah, I would. So we're not we're not touching the MVPs. We're not talking like nothing. It's like no, it's like okay, we're both fading. We're like we don't know what you are. So yeah, we're fading and over your under, but yeah, we'll do that. Let's move on to the San Antonio Spurs. This is one that I I, I think I'm outside the norm on. So they won 47 last year. They had the differential of a 48 win team, but they changed over a lot. I mean, Kawhi's going to get the attention, but they also lost Danny Green. They also lost Kyle Anderson, two guys that were very important to this team. And so Vegas priced that in a little bit. So they're over under. It's forty four and a half if you want to go over, forty five and a half if you want to go under. And so I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear things. your opinion on this. Okay, on pure talent, I think San Antonio is a meaningfully worse team than this forty four and a half win number. But I'm going to fade the over because I believe in Spurs magic for one more year. I don't want to get burned by it. I, it's kind of like what was happening with Memphis for a few years, where it's like. I don't exactly know how they're doing it, but I think they are. And so, I mean, last year, yeah, Kyle Anderson was a meaningfully better defender than a lot of the guys that are going to be in the rotation this year. But I think Rudy Gay is going to be close to 100%. He'll help them out a lot. LaMarcus had a wonderful year. They, you know, DeRozan, as flawed as he is, if anybody's going to get something out of him, it's Pop. Like, I think Pop can figure out a little bit how to make this offense work. So, out of pure deference for the greatest... NBA head coach of all time. I'm going to go over and fade, even though I don't think there is good enough to do that. I'm going to go over and play, uh, and I think it's a very easy over and play for me. And, and let me explain. And you hit on this a little bit, and I mentioned this a little bit when we talked about Toronto in the Eastern uh, Conference uh, podcast. So Casey basically put DeMar DeRozan to the worst possible use that you could put DeMar DeRozan and his skills to. Now, the ideal situation for DeMar DeRozan is playing next to LaMarcus Aldridge in a system where basically Pop is running like the two-man offense, where basically DeMar is playing the Tony Parker role and like LaMarcus is playing the the Tim Duncan role. And he's done it really like LaMarcus has been great with with Pop and I think Pop will get as much as you can. Like he's going to turn DeMarcus and DeMar DeRozan into a plus player. And actually... I disagree with you in the fact that you said this is a worse team because assume like Spurs did not have Spurs did not have Kawhi Leonard on the team last year and they they functionally had like a hobbled uh, Danny Green and basically the the zombie Tony Parker so basically I think this team if you look at it they added Demar Rosen, who I think is in the ideal situation for his skills they're healthier than last year Rudy Gay is healthy you got Poto as like like as a player. Uh, I think so. They, that, that's that's great. I like some of the other young guys they have on this team, and I think the ceiling on this team is kind of like on Murray. And I think if Murray can 
shoot threes well and stretch the range, then this is actually a really decent team because you can actually like spread the floor, run the offense around Demar and Lamarcus Aldridge, and have shooters kind of coming around and doing that. And Rudy Gay can like not have to shoot the ball, and he's really effective when he doesn't have to shoot the ball. So I think that like having that number at forty four and a half, like it's the Spurs. They're going to beat the crap out of bad teams. Like the Spurs, like if, if they're playing the Hawks, they're winning. If they're playing like. The, the, the playing some of the really, really, really bad teams are going to win. And I think, again, I think this is the best possible case for DeMar DeRozan that he could have asked for. He has a coach who understands him, and he's next to a player in LaMarcus Aldridge that will let him maximize his skills. Like, Pop is not going to have him shooting, like, 15-footers, right? That's what he's got LaMarcus for, right? He, he's going to have him slicing to the post, like Tony Parker used to do, and then running around, uh, like, the, the perimeter at the three-point line. And I think that is the ideal use for DeMar DeRozan. And I think, again, yeah, I think the Spurs actually, if you look at the talent they had last year, they have a better set of talent this year, and they have more complementary players. So I think given that they won 47 games last year on kind of like fumes, I think this is a more talented team. I think they can win. I can think they can match the win total for last year and probably be closer to 50. I think the Spurs are, are, are a good bet to make the playoffs in the West, right? So, I, I, so I, again, I don't think they can go anywhere. Like once you, once you get into the elite talent level, it's going to be problematic. But I think I, I have confidence that like Pop will be able to maximize the skill set for them all. Right, so this is like the effect of going from like a coach who didn't know what he was doing to a coach that really like this kind of player is ideal for Pop. I agree with a lot of that. I think though, what why I'm less I'm not going to play it is because I think they have more kind of downside risk on both ends of the floor than in any year previous. You talked about you know like last year they they Pop pulled a rabbit out of hat with them defensively, and I think they have significantly worse defensive talent this year. And that was even without Kawhi Leonard, but losing Kyle Anderson, losing Danny Green, and replacing them largely with like Bellinelli and Gay, that's going to be challenging. You know there are ways that this could work, and that's why I'm. I'm a believer, as I said, in Spurs magic, so I think that they will be able to piece that together. And then offensively, there are theories of, of how this is going to work. I think they're really going to miss Manu because his his creation yes. on that second That's what I said. They, like they, now, they, so much falls on the shoulders of Patty Mills and DeJounte Murray. And yeah, then, I mean, then DeRozan will they, do a lot, too. But the, the, the entire ceiling of this team is around, can Murray become a guy who hits like the, like the threes? Well, Can, and, Mer- and is he, if, and, Mer- and, if, like, if he's because, playing off ball with DeRozan, like, because DeRozan's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, if the if other DeRozan, team doesn't you, have the, to guard Murray, that's going to screw up a lot of different things. Lamar is at the point of attack with Lamarcus. That's, that's, uh, that, that's the way it has to be. Lamarcus is at the center of the floor, and, like, Lamar is at the point of attack. Murray's the guy playing off, and if Murray can actually, like, slice and hit from outside. So, basically, Lamar's playing the Tony Parker role, Murray's playing the Manu role, and you can basically kind of go around, but you need him when he's on the floor with Lamar, you need him to be able to hit the three and have range because if they if teams don't have to stretch for like Murray, then basically they can crash on Lamar, right? And that's where you kind of have a problem. So I, so I think like you know you don't want to be a situation where you, it would have to be like like Demar and Bellinelli to have a threat out there. Because I think, you know, Bellinelli's a little bit past the expiration date at this point. You're finding his second unit, but you're not finding his first unit. Same thing with Patty Mills. I like Patty, but, like, at this point, he shouldn't be your primary. So it really is kind of on, like, the ceiling. If Murray is a guy who can actually stretch the floor and make teams respect him, this team could be closer to 50 wins, right? But I think it's really down on him. And, and again, here's the thing. You're going to also need, like, Poto and Bertans to kind of, like, like, be the big men in this team. 
right now, but I trust the Spurs. Like, the Spurs will get random guys to play really well, and I like Bertans and I like Podol, so I think they have enough talent there, right? So I think I think it's, it's all really on Murray, and they seem to believe in him. They traded, they they let you know Tony Parker get away. They they, they mess it on him. So I'm going to trust Pop, and I'm going to let it ride at 44 and a half. We can move on to the New Orleans Pelicans. The do we? Do we? I think. Do we like their uh, division odds? No, the Houston Rockets are in their division. Uh well, <laughs> we'll talk about the Rockets in a little bit. But like, let's. We let's will. Say, uh, I mean, but we're talking like if you're talking about San Antonio could win 50 games. Like, I think Houston is going to be over that number, even if they yeah, even if they have a worse yeah. season. Yeah, Chris, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, and and, and, and Tim Hardaway still on that team. They're like the Spurs are at seven to one to uh, or eight to one to win that division. And that's not now. It, it would need to be at like twenty or twenty five or thirty for me to. There, there's there, there's another team I'm more interested in rather than the Spurs for that division as opposed to the Rockets. But we'll we'll get we'll there. get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, so the, let's go to the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, uh, do we like the Lamarcus Aldridge for MVP now? Right. No. Even if they, what he if was they win fabulous. He was fabulous last year, and he what wasn't if they, even. What if, they, if, they, if they win fifty games, you don't think that like no. people consider the bar? No, I mean remember, okay. San Antonio won forty-seven last year without Kawhi. He's not going to get the credit for that. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's okay. keep going. The Pels forty-seven wins last year, played at a forty-seven win differential. Vegas thinks they'll take a step back. They did lose Demarcus, who played a little bit more than half of last season. They also lost Rajon Rondo and. Vegas set it at 44.5 if you want to go over, 45.5 if you want to go under. I think this is a really good line. And the big question for me with New Orleans, I mean, when they're at full strength, I really, really like this team. But the question is going to be how much are they at full strength? Last year, AD played 75 games. Drew Holiday played 81. If those guys miss a combined 10 games or fewer, I could see them going over this. Absolutely, no questions asked. But I I don't think I'm ever going to be comfortable with Anthony Davis playing more than like let's say 70 games like that's just he just picks up stuff he's long and lanky and a bunch of other things i love him i love him to death i think he's a spectacular player so it's 44 it's 44 and a half yeah are they a better are they a better team than they were last year I think at full strength they're. They I they think are. at full strength they probably are. I mean, though Demarcus was uh, is a phenomenal incandescent talent, but I don't think he was necessarily a great fit for them. And the combination, the three-headed big man monster of AD Julius Randle and Miritich is absolutely fascinating. You know, I think you know they're really well. You know, they're really going to miss Rondo. Rondo. Yeah, because, because they did people, replace people, him. People they are like, oh, no. So, so people, hate, people hate on Rondo, but people forget Rondo got hurt on his knee when he just before he left Boston, and that kind of limited, and then he was a bad fit with Carlisle. But actually in the last few uh, stops, he's actually been quite good, particularly late in the season last year. He was really good on both sides of the ball, particularly defensively. And they're actually going to miss him because he really worked with Drew and AD, and he's worked with the Marcus before when they had him. So he, he's actually a really good kind of complementary piece. piece uh, we can talk about the fit with the Lakers, but I I like this team if they're healthy slightly better than I like the team last year because I like Meritick and the fit with Davis and I like some of the guys that are around him. But I don't love Peyton, and I think they're like they have some issues. Like so, like their third guard is what Ian Clark, which is a bit concerning considering. Well, it's their, too third, hard. their third guard is probably Peyton because Etwan Moore is unless you're counting Etwan Moore as a three because he's he gets it gets complicated because you have Etwan Moore and Solomon Hill are going to play presumably a portion of the perimeter minutes, but we don't really know how the. I think Solo Hill is going to mostly end up at the three. Just yeah, this rotation, have, uh, this rotation is a bit of a mess, isn't it's it? It's a little I'm bit looking. of a bear. And, and like, oh, some I, of ooh, their yeah. other ancillary players on this bench are, are bigs as well. So, like, maybe Miritich slides down and plays 
Mechanism Three. Like, there's some weird stuff that Gentry could have. Yeah, done this with the, the, team. Problem, the problem. The problem with this team is like, who the hell is guarding people on the wing? The answer is probably no one, which is problematic. But it wasn't really that different last year. Like last year, they were playing Drew, Rondo, and Etwan more, and they still were able to stop teams decently. Yeah, enough. this is this is a team that might be able to use Eric Eric Bledsoe. Well, I mean, what they need is they needed like to sign James Ennis or somebody like that. It, it's crazy that they did it. Now, I mean, uh, they could like could they could they, could they, could, they go, could they go out and get Nick Batum? Nick Batum no, would be. He makes way too much money. Ooh, ooh. But they, but like, they I, could find, you know, maybe they can get a buyout. Like uh, to me, if I were, uh, uh, if we would tell, uh, he actually, while he also played with the Lakers, know, Trevor Ariza would be awesome on this team. You know, the problem with this line is, if I had to guess, I would guess forty-five wins for this team. Yeah, it's a really good. It's a really it's, good it's line. A, it's a really good line. Like I, I, I'm uncomfortable with how good this line is. So that's I, I would, why. I, so I would. I, I'm going to go over fade, and I'd say like the bet here is probably Anthony Davis for MVP. Yeah, I, I think the best bet on the board for them, especially because that division is is bizarre. So, what what are their division odds? I, I mean, I was looking at them, but like just looking at this rotation, I'm off it because it's ten to one for them to win the division. But like, unless yeah, that's like tough. I mean, like you would you would you would literally have to kill like the like you you would have to like almost kill two of the like you would almost have to like lose two of the of the uh, Houston big 3 for for like for them to like have a real shot at it right. because yeah. like they they will taste it would have to be like 15 or 20 i think for me to seriously consider and even then it would be a little bit what are, what are davis's just, mvp odds yeah just give me just give me anthony davis at like it, it's anthony davis's turn give me anthony davis at 5 to 1 like the yeah, voters are going to want that's like, the if, best if, bet on the board for if, them if they, if, they, if they win like 46 47 games or like 50 games and he's like if you, if anthony davis plays the full season 5 to 1 is a gift are you over fade too on the scene? God, I'm right on it. Um, or under fade? That's what I'm. I'm. Oof. I'm gonna go. Oh God, I really like the Pelicans, but I'm gonna go under fade just because their perimeter rotation scares me. And whenever I get into that sort of a circumstance, because that's the hardest thing to fix, is you know, like because there aren't threes around. It's not something where you can just pick up somebody off the scrap heap and they're going to work. You can maybe do that for 10 minutes a game at point guard or at center, but you can't do that at three because those guys almost never exist. Uh, AD at 5-1 to one for MVP, right? Yeah, I'm good with that. I mean, it, I, I, so, wouldn't, I wouldn't hammer it, but that's, to me, if you're going to bet on something with the Pelicans, that's the best bet. Yeah. Would you? Ra- who finished with a better record, the Spurs or the Pelicans? I think the Spurs do just yeah. because it's the pop magic. But I think I think the Pelicans are a better team though. Like yeah, it, it's crazy. Could, yeah, they no, have well, basically they have the same over under, and I think the Pelicans are a better team. I'm picking the Spurs fa- over fade, and I'm picking the Pelicans under fade. This is always a weird thing, but I, I think there's a reason for it. Yeah. Plenty more, of course, to talk about with Arturo Gladi, but I want to take a moment to tell you about Bet Online. I'm very excited to be a part of the contest that we're doing predicting NFL games. You can check out the results on podcast1sportsnet.com. I had a rough week three. I blame Buffalo Bills, but you know, it happens. And still enjoying it though. It's been good for me, actually. It's been a way to get more interested in the NFL. I was kind of fading out of it, to be honest. And through Bet Online, now I am substantially more interested. And that's one way to appreciate it. You can go to betonline.ag, use that podcast one promo code, and that's O N E, podcast O N E. And you get a 50% sign-up bonus. And so then you can 
either use Bet Online to make a game you are already going to watch. Maybe you'll watch it more intently with a different kind of a rooting interest. Or if, let's say, it's a Thursday night game or a Monday night game that you wouldn't have as much interest in otherwise, that you can make it substantially more interesting. And if you think you have some sort of competitive advantage, you think you know Team X better than other people, you can certainly pursue that. And it's a great time for all sports. I mean, NFL for the prediction contest we're doing is important, but baseball, we're hitting the playoffs next week. And basketball, I mean, we're right around the corner thankfully. So you can check all that out. And the way to do that is you go to betonline.ag. That's the website. And then use the podcast one promo code. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-O-N-E. And you get that 50% sign up bonus. Visit betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Okay. So let's move on to the Timberwolves. This is uh, this is concerning for me because we're recording this late on the evening on Monday, September 17th, and we will probably find out between when we record this and when this comes out what's happening with Jimmy Butler. That will affect how we think about the line, but theoretically that will also change the line itself, so I consider it apples to apples to a point. Let's 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 do it let's do it two ways. Let's assume that like they do not trade well, here's the thing. Let's 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 be logic about it. So Jimmy Butler has a year left on his contract and he apparently does not want to stay with Minnesota. So Minnesota, we know we've seen this script before. Minnesota has to trade him. If he's not staying, they have to trade him. And like the player because right now the way the contracts are set up and the CBA is set up, the players have all the leverage. So if the player says I'm not staying, then you have to trade him. Even the Spurs have to trade Kawhi Leonard because they the, the star player you has can't lose him for nothing. And you, Minnesota, the star player has all the leverage. And Minnesota, because they paid Andrew Wiggins, because they paid Gorgie Jang, they don't have financial flexibility. So if he leaves, when when that when that Andrew Wiggins contract was signed, I said this is one of the worst contracts. because the problem is like by signing that contract, you basically you put yourself in a situation that is really uncomfortable because you didn't have to go, like in essence, you didn't have to go that high on him. Nobody was paying that high on him. And he had shown himself like a lot of, he's a guy with empty stats. And by paying him, he's kind of, he's is he good enough? Like he hasn't shown himself to be good enough to be the third best player on a championship team. And you paid him like that, right? And it's a really tough position to be in. And again, do we trust Minnesota to make a good trade? No, probably not. But Jimmy Butler is a very talented player, so I think they could get decent value. But the big question becomes, what do you want back for Jimmy Butler? Because if you lose Jimmy Butler, Minnesota, like, let's say they replace him, even if they get 85 cents on the dollar, it's not going to be as good a fit because that's just really unlikely and because they have a lot of other spots spoken for. And they're going to be battling on the margin. They're going to be fighting for every single win here. So if Bradley Bradley Beal and something else, if they trade Jimmy Butler, I would be shocked if Minnesota makes the playoffs because Jimmy Jimmy Butler's the reason they made the playoffs last year. And, you know, him missing, I believe it was 30 games last year. You know, that was the biggest reason why they didn't do better. And so Butler for uh, Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart and like something like one of those odd one number one picks that Celtics have. Well, I mean, there are a lot. There are a lot of different fake Jimmy Butler trades. I don't really want to yeah, get into well, it at this point. Well, I, I'm, but, just, I'm just like, I'm just, again, I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to gauge what your feeling is for his value. I don't think they're. I mean, the best case is they trade for a couple pieces. The problem is, if but that the, none of those pieces are going to be as good as Jimmy Butler. Like one of the yeah, one, one of the ones that's out there is well, like the, the Nuggets. Other, like if the Nuggets trade for him and and Gary Harris is involved in the trade. Yeah, I like Gary I mean, Harris. Gary Harris is not nearly as good as Jimmy Butler. But the, the problem is like the problem is then it's also going to be like it's going to be like Wiggins is going to think it's his team too, and then. You add in the situation with the Timberwolves, 
and all the old Bulls players that's brought over. You added Derrick Rose, who thinks he still can play, which during the regular season when like we they they're still doing drug testing, it, that's not the case. So a little better when like he can like take something for his knee, but like during the season that's not the case. So I'm going to go under on the Timberwolves. God, we we haven't played a lot of these Western Conference teams. Like we play like I think I played most of the Western Eastern Conference teams, and on all the Western Conference teams, I'm like, no, fade the out of them. God, do I want to play this? So, do I think this team? Well, is here, going- I'll, I'll give you the argument for why you shouldn't play it because I'm gonna I'm gonna underfade it, and here's why. Jimmy Butler, when he played last year, Minnesota won at a 51 win pace, and I fully believe that they can be that good again, or maybe even better. When he's out there, he's a really good player. They have depth, and when he, and when he wasn't there. A lot less good. And so we're, we're, when we're recording right now, oh, God, but then you're saying, like, what are the odds that they trade him? And maybe I think, I think, if, I think, if I think that's better I think, than 50%. I think the odds are very good that, uh, that he's out. He's gone. He's uh, gone. Because he has and, and even if they, even if they, this line is well set enough that even if they traded him at the deadline, there's a real shot that Jimmy Willard go, is going, I'm going to the Knicks. Trade me to the Knicks, and then like the Knicks have nothing to trade for him other than picks. So it means they're getting almost nothing back for him. So like well, they have en- they have enough leverage. There will be teams offering. So so Jimmy Butler is a good enough player that he can't pull that. That's actually a really interesting thing. This is the same issue that Kawhi Leonard got into. That if you are a good enough player, teams with no assets will get somebody with, somebody with by somebody chance. who sees him as a rental. Like there will be, it could even be Toronto. As amazing as that sounds, like, yeah. But you know, but, but we know we know what the answer. If, if they want it, it's the it's the Seventy Sixers to lose basically. The 76ers, yeah, that's true. The 76ers, and it's the 76ers is the but, most logical. But there's but there's a big problem there, and that big problem is the Sixers aren't going to give up assets unless he says I'm going to resign, and he might not say that to them. Like they might give up, they might give up faults. I don't think that not if he's if he doesn't commit to resigning, they won't give up faults because right. they like they they could make it work. Maybe they would give up like Sharich and and like Wilson Chandler as salary filler. Maybe they do that. That's even a risky proposition because Sharich was and really the, good for them. The, see, the, the problem with like like you can you can get the Sixers into you can draw Celtics and Sixers into a into a, into a bidding war. You're right. Like it's gonna be or you can like it's gonna be like the Atlantic teams like can be drawn into a bidding war. I think. Well, and then there will be teams that get out of the woodwork. Like Denver's been thrown around before. For, I mean, if he says he's willing to re-sign there, then, then they get into it. And so he gets a lot of control over it. I agree with you on that point. Like, if he kind of specifies a narrow group of teams, this is sort of like what happened with Kyrie. But... Jimmy you Butler, know, they, but those teams you, have to have assets because Jimmy you know Butler they have their they have their they have their uh, they have the Rolodex. So I think the Celtics are going to be in the Rolodex because of Thibodeau. Sure. and he might call like he's not going to be Chicago because they still hate him. But well, like the problem, the problem with the Rolodex with with the Celtics is that they like their their current players are too good, and like so Jimmy Butler, unless he commits to re-signing there, he certainly makes them better. I mean, if you if you trade if you trade Butler, Derrick Rose is starting. Well, no. Whoever you acquire for Jimmy Butler is starting. That's it's, I mean, it's they're acquiring. Tom, it, so they're acquiring will, somebody I, I, better I, than I, I, will, I will bet you money if they trade. No, Jimmy they're Butler. not going to start Rosen Teague. Tibbs, Tibbs knows that's not going to work. I, I, I'm exceedingly confident they won't do that. What if they trade? Him? I mean, they might trade him for Lowry, and they start Rosen Lowry. Maybe yeah. I don't know. No, they won't. No, then they would start. The, the, no, they. I don't. I don't expect. I don't think there's uh, a reasonable path for Derrick Rose to start. Uh, he got the man, minimum. I, if Thibodeau thought he was any better than that, he could have paid him more. 
God damn. Well, and there, there, I like some of the depth on this year's team. Like, if the Jimmy Butler stuff hadn't come out there, this would have been a, a pretty solid over for me. Like, that's, and I'm sure Vegas is pricing this in. I, I'm, I'm assuming they are because they won 46 last year. They had a 48 win differential. They you like are, the you like the depth. You like Duel Dang who couldn't get on the court for the well, Lakers. I mean, if, if all you're asking for, remember he played. Tibbs plays his starters a lot. I really like Anthony Tolliver and Jang as a you know a depth big. Uh, I'm totally fine. fine. With, I'm, I'm fine with I'm fine with the depth, but like Dang and Rose and Tyus Jones, no, no, no. I like no. Tyus, I like Tyus Jones, but as a, as yeah. a backup, not as anything more than that. Absolutely. They can't cover anybody on the wings. Well, yeah, but that that was true if, last year outside, too. Outside of if Jimmy Butler isn't on the floor, they can't cover anybody on the wings. Yeah, that's completely true. So like, yeah, I. Oh. You know, if if granted, I, I'm guessing this line. I'm guessing uh, this line was higher. Was higher before kind of all this uh, all the shenanigans. Yeah, because well, it's the only line that we have two points between. The like, it, it, I yeah. see forty four and a half. So like it's, it's dropped. It's dropped. It's dropped. I mean, this is this is an obvious fade to me, but I'm gonna go under fade. I think I'm gonna go under fade too, because I think I think we like just to be clear on the record. We're recording this on the evening of September 18th, and we're saying that we both think that Jimmy Butler is going to get traded. Yeah, right? we do. Like we I bo- mean, and I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not necessarily saying he's going to get traded in September, October, though he absolutely could. I'm thinking he gets traded before the end of the season. I think I think that he's trying to get traded before the season because I think Butler. I sure. think Butler wants. It's better to, for him. Butler, Butler wants to play in a winning situation, and he wants to kind of like move. That's why I throw, I throw the, the the Butler and Kyrie rumor. Like they they apparently want to play together at some point, right? So that that's out there, and we know he's already meeting with the team, and we know that he's not happy with like you know what's what's the joke? He was trying to get get away from the Bulls, and basically Minnesota brought the Bulls to him, right? They they brought all the Bulls to him basically. Noah's the only one missing. There was they were talking about like like throwing him in and getting him over there. Okay, so let's assume. Do we like their division odds? Well, what are their division odds? The answer is probably no. It probably no, depending on what they are, right? Um, their division odds. Oh god, they're all over the place. Five, five, five to one. If Butler was with them, I would like these odds, right? But I don't know that he's going to be bond. Eh, I would like these. Well, no, I think. I wouldn't. Five to one is probably too low for me because of. We'll talk about why they're too low for me a little later. But I, so if you okay, so if you had to pick one of these teams, who's have who has the best record at the end of the season? The Spurs, the Pelicans, or the Timberwolves? Based on the projection that we have that Jimmy Butler, like Jimmy Butler, is going to get traded, I guess it'd be San Antonio. Oh, this is weird. <laughs> and you went and you went under fade with them, right? Or no? No, I went. I, I went over fade with the Spurs. I went under fade with both the Pelicans and the Wolves. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah, it's like it's so weird. We're both looking at it and going like, no, no, San Antonio. Well, well no, but <laughs> we trust them more than we trust. It's it's just a matter of trust. We trust them more than we trust the Timberwolves, and we trust them more than we trust the Pelicans because I think the Pelicans have a bit of a mess in their in their depth chart, and the Timberwolves look like they might blow it up, right? And out of their control, but like it looks like they're gonna basically have to blow it up. Do we move on to the Lakers? Yeah, we might as well. I don't really think MVP or any of that stuff is really relevant for them. Um, I mean, maybe. Where is Jimmy right now? I don't expect him to win it, but. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, he might win it for another team. Um, He could do that. Yeah, so let me, like, like, do we we take a flyer on on Jimmy winning? See, the problem is, like, if he gets, see, again, let me count this. I think there's a significant chance he gets traded to a team that has another good guy. If if Jimmy Butler is traded to, and I want to be on the record, if Jimmy Butler is traded to the Raptors, then I don't like Kawhi Leonard for the uh, MVP. Like because, but, but you wouldn't like their over, obviously. <laughs> oh no, I would, I would like bank the over, bank, like bank, bank, bank all the bang all the Toronto numbers if this is going to happen. 
But other than Kawhi's MVP. Oh, he's 150 to 1 to win MVP. Ooh. 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 That's that's way deeper than I expected. Yeah, you could throw a couple bucks on that. That's interesting. Ooh. Like I I think Jimmy Butler's not MVP caliber. Like, you know, there's there's a line between him and the best of the best, especially because he brings okay. so much defense what value. If, what if what if Jimmy Butler gets traded to Miami? Yeah, I mean, or let's say, what if he gets traded to Denver and Denver really takes off? I mean, I could imagine him getting a lot of the credit for that. Like, there are, there are a couple scenarios where I could see What if he gets, he gets, I mean, I don't think Dallas has the But I wouldn't throw much on this. To me, this is like a, that would be a small dollar bet, but definitely one that would be interesting. I'm going to go, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler at 150 to 1 to win MVP. Probably, probably not. With the Timberwolves, oh God! Some of my, my Wolves followers are going to hate me, but I'm, I'm just again, I'm just listening to what they're saying, right? They're the first ones who are freaked out, and I'm like, I... the signs as we're recording this, the signs are not looking very good. So that's that's certainly <laughs> worth noting. But let's move on to the Los Angeles Lakers, a, a, another team where because they got LeBron James, we don't need to talk about how many games they won last year. It's completely irrelevant. This is exactly what I expected to happen with the Roadrunner because they are an exuberant fan base and something massively positive happened with them. I love LeBron. I still think he's the best player in the world. 48.5 if you want to go over, 49.5 if you want to go under. What has been the best bet on the board for the past four years? (laughs) And that's where we go in this has been the Lakers under. No, no, not the Lakers under. Betting under on LeBron. Oh, that's right. Sorry, you're, you're right about that because of those Cleveland teams. And- because people people always bet up the Lakers and people always bet up LeBron. And this is, again, Laker fans, this is not us hating on the Lakers. This is not us hating on LeBron. It's just the market is always exuberant for that. Actually, yeah. this line might actually get up to 50. It might. Kinda, and, if, and, if, yeah, and the Lakers could win 50. It's possible. I don't expect it. Yeah, so, I'm like I'm like I'm I'm like under and like comfortably play this. I, I think yeah, under- it's just, this is an underplay for me as well. I because they have this weird thing where they have young guys that I think will be good, and they have older guys that are terrible fits. And so getting that chemistry right, getting the right mix out there, is going to be really challenging. And it's going to be just such a gargantuan adjustment for all these players. Even though LeBron is awesome, so a lot of those adjustments are easier to make. It is, Who's the, who is who do you think is the best guard on the Lakers for the 2018-19 season? Mm-hmm. Huh. I know I know who I think and, and, and the reason I I know who I think and this I, could I be very probably Lonzo. Uh, I like Lonzo. I also like Josh. But here's the problem: like they went out and got of these guys, but I like Lonzo. and I like Josh Hart, and I think Josh Hart is like Josh Hart was really good for them. Like late in the season, and he's, he's a he's, wonderful fit with LeBron. He's also signed to the best contract in the entire league right now. He's got like he's a thirtieth draft pick, so he's, he's locked on, in. He's for, on the short list. Yeah, his contract is amazing because these, we knew like when he when they got him, I was like, wow, they really know what they're doing because he was a really good player coming out of college. He's been really useful. They played in multiple roles. He's one of these guys who can do everything at the guard position, and he's in the cheapest possible contract you can get because he's like he was a thirty pick from the draft. So he's he's perfect. LeBron's gonna love him because he's perfect for, for that fit and and they went out and got these and, guys and you know like, and kcp is a decent fit too as long as he just doesn't take bad shots like if he competes defensively yeah, but, takes- I, but i i'd rather have lonzo and, and hard out there so would, lonzo, if, so would i if lonzo if lonzo just is, is jump shot keeps you know kind of comes along then you're like lonzo and hard is a really good rotation and here's the thing i like rondo as like a third guard like we rondo's proven that he can be a really good guy off the bench well right? i i'm impressed with what rondo did last year i can't say that i like him because there are a lot of other weights there but I absolutely hate his fit with LeBron. So if he plays when LeBron doesn't play, 
totally on board. But Rondo, it's really not much value added with LeBron. Rondo, I would like. That's the other thing. It's like, which is the guard do I want to play with Rondo? Hard, right? If, if, if basically I want to, I want to rotate Ball and Rondo and have Hart and maybe Pope. Well, uh, don't want to have Hart or Ingram. It's a little bit of a clue. I mean, I well, trust if, you. if your goal, if your goal is to try to get Lance Stevenson murdered, I'm trying to think if you'd rather want to play Lance with Rondo or LeBron or maybe with both, and then maybe they combine to murder him. I don't. I don't. I I guess maybe that's the large, the but largest our, murder potential. Can, can I just? I would just like basically not have Lance and LeBron out there. I'd have Lance out there with Lonzo because Lonzo can cover like two and three. So it's not a. I can I can use Lance. Well, to kind I, of I don't cover think I would up. have Lance on the floor much at all in this team. They have so many better perimeter mm-hmm. options than Lance Stevenson. It was just a weird decision to bring him in. Like it, it was uh, to me, it was like a, a, sh- a lack of faith in the guys that they already had. Uh, without, it's kind of like, like kind of like the same issue that I have without, with Beasley. Like without, Beasley's without, not without, bad, but he's, really, uh, but Kuzma. Without revealing my sources, without revealing my sources, I will say that there's a certain player that once some of these signings started to go down was really upset that these signings were going down, and that may have affected the team he wound up on, right? And and I won't reveal my sources. So people who follow me on Twitter know who I'm talking about. But there's a, like they were like, what in the world is LeBron doing, right? So. I, the thing with the Lakers is, I think this team has to make a trade. No, they're, they're making a move at some. They, no, I think I think they're going to play out. I mean, maybe they'll cut some of these guys loose, but I think what they're going to do is they're going to keep the young guys around for this. They're year. either going to they're either going to move. I think they're either going to move Ball or, or Ingram. I, that's, I don't that's think so. I, I think they're keeping those guys around, and then maybe so because those guys don't make isn't, much money. Then Ingram, it, it's the argument I made for. Is I made this argument for Jalen Brown and I was wrong, but isn't this like the highest possible value you can get for Jason Ingram? I mean, unless no, you no, no. To I think you could. I think especially because his efficiency can go up play next to LeBron because LeBron's going to get him in the ball in some True. amazing spots. True. I could see that, and then defensively, no, I could see his stock rising significantly from here. I like LeBron. I still think he's. I think he's a talented player. And LeBron, and so, so wait here. Let me start? let me explain my end game here. So what I think they're going to do is they'll keep the young guys around unless somebody's pretty obviously not a fit but even then i think they'll probably still keep them around and then next summer what they do is they they'll have enough space to sign one guy no problem so whoever the best guy to say yes is and then if they have to clear some of their young guys to fill that guy in they'll do that but then also then at the same point they will move whatever pieces hold over and don't fit they will combine those with salary filler if they need to or whatever and get the best player possible and so what that is, could be is, ingram that could be ball that could be whoever we don't know yet what is your what is your lakers crunch time five for this year yes lebron lebron at which position uh so i think you have lebron and ingram i think you have to i think the crunch time five for the lakers is a little bit lineup of deathy. I'd play LeBron at the five. I'd go yeah. ball, but the, their their defense is going to be. I mean, at least the rim protection. They have well, other no, guys I've got, compete. I've, I've got LeBron can protect the rim if he wants to. He's but he won't. He won't in the regular season. Maybe <laughs> maybe for like two minutes in the game. But he's, right, I'm saying, he's like, not. You, I don't if, think if, of if, him if, as a great. Is he a good I, rim protector? Like, I mean, he can do he's, those. He's more of a chase down guy than a. Right, but I mean, I think he can go. I think he can go. I think he can go ball, Hart, Ingram, Kuzma, and LeBron. That's. I think that's my crunch time five for this team. I mean, unless you're willing to go Javale. <laughs> can I can I say that? Can I say Lonzo? Can I say Lonzo Ball, LeBron Ingram, and whoever they sign as a buyout guy at center? Because that's who it's going to be. But I like Kuzma a lot, like, so I'll go Kuzma. Name, for now. Does his name rhyme with Riston uh, Omson? 
I, well, so Tristan has another year left on his contract, so I don't think he's going to get bought out this year. So it, I think it's going to be one of I these think, million I, pending free agents gets cut and says, "Hey, I can go to the Lakers." I feel I feel like Tristan is destined to be there. I mean, like I think like he's destined to be there and be recording like Kardashian shows. Well, see, I uh, think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be there. I at like in March of twenty nine of twenty twenty because at that point he'll be an expiring contract. The Cavs will buy it, or whoever he's on at that point will buy him out. But this year is just too early because the Lakers cannot trade for him. So the only way the but Lakers I, can get him is if he's bought out, and he's not going to get bought out this early. But this isn't Javale is their best center? Yeah, well they'll get somebody. I just don't think it's going to be Tristan Thompson. I think Javale gets a bad rap. He's actually he wasn't that bad. He was he actually has gotten way better than, than like the, the chump he was earlier. That's his career. true. But he's <laughs> what he's limited. I mean, so he's very good at what he at what he does. His defensive instincts are awful. And he doesn't really necessarily know what the team is running, but he can catch a lot. I think offensively he'll he'll do wonderful with wonderfully with LeBron and with Alonso. I think both those guys will do the well. Man, the big man defense on this team is like what Kuzma, Beasley, it's McGee. Insane. Yeah, so LeBron is your best bet for rim protection. Like, and yeah, and I mean Zubac is probably not there. Mo Wagner. I mean, he Wagner was better <laughs> defensively than I anticipated he was going to be, but no, he's not. I don't think. At yeah. least at this point in his career, he's going to be the answer. <laughs> I'm comfortable with the under on this team. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, I guess I go under play here. That's just a re- like if you can, if they we can win 49 games and I can still win on that bet. I'll play that. Well, uh, can uh, can Davis Cowell Pope and Brandon Ingram for Jimmy Butler? Who says no? Uh, I think the Lakers do because they Jimmy Butler. I don't think he's the top of their list, and if they get him, then that basically closes the door on Kawhi. No, it doesn't. I think that it no, it does because well, because here's the thing: if you think you're going to get Kawhi, then why would you give up Brandon Ingram to have Jimmy Butler for a year? The Lakers know they're not playing for this season. So, and Jimmy Butler, I don't think playing on the Lakers this year makes him that much more interested in resigning. And it doesn't matter if you if you prioritize Kawhi or somebody else. Otherwise, I don't think that's a smart move for the Lakers to make. Okay. I, I buy it. It's fair. Yeah. It's fair. Uh, no, okay. But let's, let's – oh, so division odds and all that, I'm guessing it's the Lakers. No, so there's, no, no. What's no. LeBron's not, MVP odd right now? Yeah, I think that's the only other interesting bet. Like, I'm sorry, Laker fans, but you're not winning the division. You're not winning the Western Conference. Like, LeBron is 4-1. to one. Wait, no. Nah, 4.5-1. to one. I, I could absolutely see him doing it, and so I, I t- I've talked about no, that on a couple think, of podcasts. He, well, so here's he, my, here's my theory on it. You not only are the Lakers going to win a bunch more games than they did last year, but if Cleveland falls off a cliff, and for those who listen to the Eastern Conference podcast, that is a very distinct possibility. If that happens, sorry. then LeBron gets this other weird narrative point about like, look how valuable he is, and so. <sighs> I don't think he's going to win it, and I probably wouldn't put money on him at that amount, but it wouldn't surprise me. I would, I would, no. I mean, I, I think he, you would have to have an out of body experience, and I think the Lakers are good enough. And I think, again, he's, he's getting to the point where, like, it was a little bit more of a hassle last year for him to actually, like, get to that point. I don't think they're going to win enough games for them to realistically, like, he would have to, this team would have to win, like, 52, 53, 55 games, and I don't think that's reasonable. Right, so yeah, I mean, I, ju- I just picked their under, so I mean that, that yeah. goes along. We're on their under. I don't, I don't like them. I don't like them at four and a half to one. It, this is somebody else's time, right? Somebody else is going to win the MVP, right? I think this is why I, I like Anthony Davis because I think Anthony Davis or Giannis is like kind of like they're like the league is going to somebody's going to do that, and the guys who've kind of earned their shot are probably Davis and, and Kawhi. And I don't know, I, LeBron isn't going to win enough games this year to do it. And I, unless they pull off the trade and add some talent so they can win fifty five games, I don't think that's going to happen, right? 
like also I think they're gonna like so they're gonna they're gonna play national games. The teams they're gonna play national games against, I think are gonna beat them pretty handily. Right, so they're gonna they're gonna play what is it, Warriors I think the Warriors are gonna knowing how the Warriors are, I think the Warriors are gonna get up and they're gonna try to beat them by like thirty points. Like they might not, but they're gonna try it. Right. Yeah, I think they'll get up for those games uh, unless yeah. they have a couple of off nights in LA before because that could end up being a problem. But let's move. Let's move on to the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets last year. Won- weird, is it is it weird that we're going like we're, we're talking about the Denver Nuggets after LeBron? But okay, no, let's, let's no, keep- I mean, if the Lakers had put together a different offseason, we would be doing it in the other order. But they chose to do what they did. So Denver last year they won forty seven. They had the point differential of a forty five win team. And Vegas set the line here. If you want to go over, you can get it forty six and a half. If you want to go under you can get it 48 and a half i think this is a pretty good line because but something worth remembering denver 147 45 differential paul Millsap basically missed half the season and they never really fully replaced him like they they had other guys who did parts of it and so i'm gonna go like 46 and a half i'm gonna also, go, so oh, I'm way, gonna go so over so and play it it's subtraction it's, subtraction by addition right because they got rid of uh no, 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 the guy who's on the Knicks now. They're, they're, the guy that drafted number three. Uh, point oh, four. Manuel Moutier. Oh, God. Manuel yeah. Moutier, who was like at the worst. And they got, and they got Isaiah, who has, you know, we don't know exactly what he's going to be, but, well, even, but, even, but even if he's in a wheelchair, he's better than Emmanuel Moutier. I, 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 will, I, will, I will make this point, right? The worst possible team you could have sent Isaiah Thomas to was the Cleveland Cavaliers, who had the worst defensive system in the entire league and who couldn't cover up for him at all. So basically it exacerbated all his weaknesses and made him functionally unplayable. This isn't the case with Denver. I think Denver, he'll be okay. I mean, I think this is not a, a badly or terribly coached team. I think he'll be fine. He won't be great, but he's he's good enough for a six-man. And again, he has some upside if he's healthy. So I think the argument is, is Denver better than they were last year? And I think the answer is pretty resounding. Unless I'm completely crazy, the answer is a yes, right? Some of the young guys are a little older, uh, a little more mature. You added some additional and, pieces. There's better. I, I worry a little bit about their bench because, you know, moving Will Barton up, Chandler last year was not great. So moving Will Barton up, there are some defensive concerns, but he should really help their offense. Losing Barton on the second unit is a little bit of a problem, but that's a much smaller problem than some of these other teams are going to be dealing with. And Barton, presumably Millsap's going to play more. Did Barton get traded? No, they re-signed him. They, well, they lost Wilson Chandler. They traded him to get under the luxury tax. Oh, but Wilson Chandler was not good last year. Right, exactly. So, like, Barton Barton for Chandler, I think, is actually an upgrade. It's just that losing yeah. Barton on the second no. unit is a problem because no, they, now they they're going to need Isaiah. Yeah, they, they upgraded a couple positions, and I think that, like, they, they got rid of some negative players. Yeah. This is, a, to me, this is a very clear over. Yeah, this is an, over, it, an overplay for me. And if they trade for Timmy Butler, it's an even more. <laughs> yeah. So... Well, but, no, so then the, think, but then the line will move up a lot. So I would actually rather get no, this yeah, now. No, yeah, I say like Deborah, forty six and a half. Buy it now. Buy it now. now. Buy, buy it now before it goes up. I yeah. think that like no, no. I mean we 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 both like it. We think, and again, their coach likes to uh, rotate and go deep. So having more guys with talent on this team is actually a good thing because like even if he goes deeper, like there's still kind of good players everywhere. So I mean like I even like I don't even like I'm, I'm okay with Mason Plumlee and a couple of the other guys like Kernagola. I mean he's okay. overpaid, but he's not a bad player. Well, I know he's and Trey Lyle, Trey Lyles had a really nice year. I mean he, he he's Danny, the backup power forward. Like Danny, it's it's Denver. Everybody's overpaid. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so where are their where are their division odds? So let's start with I'm going to conference first. So they they are seventy to one to win the Western Conference. They're, I don't think they're winning. The only way they're winning the West is if they like get Jimmy Butler or something, and even then it's going to be tough. Seventy to one is yeah, okay. That's right. Like yeah, like some asteroids would have to be involved for that to happen. Right. Um, 
They're at five to one to win the uh, the Northwest. That's uh, that seems that seems a little bit low. I, I would that, throw uh, that's not like a great bet, but I would throw some money on that. Yeah, I have some respect on the teams in front of them, but sure. I, I think I think five to one is not yeah, is like, not like five like five could, to one. The Denver could win in the low fifties. Like I don't think I think that's entirely possible. I don't expect yeah. it necessarily, but they absolutely could. I mean, I picked them to go over forty six and a half, so they absolutely could win in the fifties. So would you? Is there anybody? there you're interested we already talked about jimmy for mvp so Jokic's mvp what is it I, I don't expect him to win but there is a there is a number in my head that if it's worse if it's steeper odds than that i would pay it <laughs> you realize like like the twitter would be almost unlivable for like stat people, <laughs> like, people. <laughs> oh god like i'm just i'm just hearing it stuff. would also just, like he would have an argument that was not, likely fueled by real plus minus which would also be surreal but oh um, god <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Then I, I can just I can just picture Snotty Drippin's head exploding. It's a hundred to one. Okay, I was saying if it was two hundred to one, I would consider playing it at a hundred. I think that's it's a little. It's not rich enough for me. Yeah. If what's the case for that? Fifty five wins, but they'd have to win the division. Like they'd have, they'd to, have finish. to win the. They have to. They have to finish in the top three in the West. And basically, Giannis and AD don't have great cases, and and Harden doesn't either. Like I think that's really the way it goes. And Kawhi doesn't have a case. Sure. Either. So like I think he's too far down the list. That's why if it had been at like two hundred to one, I would have thought it would be fun. I hope yeah. that he was going to be undersold in that. I mean, so so yeah, yeah. It's I think that's about right. Arturo and I still need to talk about the very top of the Western Conference, but first a message from Pluto TV. It is the leading free streaming television service. You can watch over a hundred channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. And my personal favorite part of it, not only do they not ask for a credit card, but you also don't even need to sign up to watch for free. And large quantity of products, it's easy, completely legal, which is also an important way to watch your favorite television shows and hit movies. And also, it's available on a wide variety of platforms. Now, that could be PlayStation, if you if you watch TV that way, your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, and anywhere else to stream. I actually have checked out their computer platform as well, and I'm impressed with that. So, Lots of different ways that you can check it out. As I said, don't need to sign up. Don't need to ask for a credit card. So download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today. Oklahoma City, the Thunder last year, they won 48. They had the point differential of a 49-win team. They only had Andre Robertson for half the year. But it is important to note that they had almost everybody else on this team for basically the entire season. OKC gets this this kind of misnomer that they got saddled with injuries, and Robertson, certainly they missed him. Absolutely, they did. But Westbrook, 80 games. Paul George, 79 games. Steven Adams, 76 games. That's a, I mean, Jeremy Grant played. You're missing, you're, you're missing a very important name on that list. Our good friend Carmelo Anthony? Carmelo Anthony, who I'm going to cover in a little bit. But yes, yes. So do you know who the worst starting player in the history of the NBA, like who wasn't a rookie? Like wasn't on rookie deal in terms of uh, plus minus? Uh, who played like has to be a starting player ha- can't be a rookie uh, b- uh, basically on box score plus minus I don't Mr. Mr. Carmelo Anthony for the Oklahoma City Thunder in 2017-2018 uh, season interesting so C- Carmelo Anthony was terrible but 
terrible. Not only was he terrible, like in the playoffs, he was he was literally unplayable because like it, it was it was it was a really amazing to actually watch in last season playoffs because like sometimes you like you know oh just go at the guy. There are a couple players, literally there are a couple teams, Boston and Utah in particular, who said like oh that guy you're not playing that guy because if you play that guy we will attack him on every play and we will murder you and that happened on a on a, on a couple times in a couple of uh, places. But the point being that. If you subtract Carmelo Anthony and you add in, like, kind of a full season of Roberson and just the rest of the team, I expect this team to be, like, what, the, what, 48 games last year? I expect this team to be, you know, I expect this team to be over. I expect to be this, this team to be easily over. Because on the, on the balance, this is a better, this is a significantly better team just by getting rid of Carmelo Anthony. See, that's interesting. This is probably, this is our, probably our biggest disagreement then. Because I think they have a lot of injury is, risk to other players on their roster. Russell Westbrook had a knee procedure pretty recently, as we're yeah, recording well, this. And you they, have to, yeah, you have to, yeah. You have and to if it's that. if it's Schroeder, I mean Schroeder, uh, adding him in is he's certainly a better Russell Westbrook replacement to me than Felton would be. But there's a lot of weird stuff with their rotations, and I also think this OKC team is pretty shallow. Like you, you, because you, you talked about, oh yeah, they lost Carmelo, but they're replacing him pretty much with Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, an, an intriguing yeah, player, like a guy that I like, but he, I, I don't think he brings like offensively. There are some real concerns there, and in terms of spacing and everything else, if he's playing with Robertson, then that gets constrained. They could, they'll be nasty defensively, absolutely. So well, I, I like. Uh, I don't. Not on a team this good. I mean, Luol was more of like an, a curiosity. I like, no. I like Nerlens Noel. I, I, I'm, I'm big. I'm big on Nerlens Noel. Even uh, nobody else. He's fine. I mean, so for me, this is an under. It's an underfade. Like I think there's a distinct chance that they're a 50 win team, but I could absolutely see them in the 46 to 48 range. And then yeah, okay. So I, I, I will say I'm going to say overplay. I think the couch is like I'm assuming. That Russ is is what I've heard, and one he he's basically ignored these injuries before. So I'm assuming that like Russ is is so taking Carmelo Anthony away from this team is going to make both Russ better and Paul George better because you won't have all those Carmelo possessions that really should have gone to either Russ or Paul George, right? You want you you've got two really good offensive players in George and Russell Westbrook throwing Carmelo in to just take that away is, is and even like here I would rather have the positions that were going to Carmelo go to Stephen Adams who can actually like Russell will play off and he'll dunk the ball like so like he, just just clearing that out makes this for a cleaner team this is a good defensive unit they'll be better offensively they'll be better defensively I agree with you there's some injury risk but Russ has been like I, I'm reluctant to throw that on Russ because I think Russ is unless he like gets struck by a meteor I think he's going to play like 75 games right so See, I, think I, that, I think of that more with Steven Adams than I do with Russ because Russ is he's so aggressive that he just has injury risk by being Russell Westbrook like, yeah but even like but he played with a hole in his head yeah but he, I mean he's, he has a bunch of he's had a bunch of knee procedures not recently you know they were more in his past and and some of those were caused by a freak accident with Patrick Beverly but like and Paul George you know there's there's always a chance that I mean his injury was even kind of more freakish than Russell Westbrook's but I, I don't know I, I just I have there's a little bit of queasiness um, with me I think OKC is a good team but I'm I'm they're, going there here you get rid of uh, to me it's like it's simple you if you get rid of Melo you improve every like single team is got shallow. every single so, every like, single Two, three, every, five, single four, team, every single team that has traded Melo has improved their record by at least five wins after they're doing that. The Knicks did. Or more. Yes, they did. Oh, because they but, were so bad the year before? Yeah. They, yes, they did. They still got better. Every team. They all got better. I mean, I can check, but I'm pretty sure I think they have 19 and 
Yeah, I mean, it might, actually, you know, you might have a point. I need to check exactly because I know that the Knicks basically just went in the full tank at the end of the season. So I don't know if that's the case. But generally, like, the like if you look at the splits, it's just teams get better when they get rid of them. And and he, anyway, he, we, we can move on. That's not as yeah. important. Oh, uh, how, are their, how are their division conference say, title odds? We need, to, we need to talk about the division. Oh, no, I was like, just saying move on from the mellow part. Okay. Um, Russell, uh, before we get to that, Russell Westbrook for MVP is 16 to 1. I don't like it. Huh. Because he's hurt? Or he was hurt? No, because there there are other guys with good cases, and now that Paul George is there, his scoring is going to go down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he could average a triple double again this year, but I think the novelty of that is worn off. So OKC is a they're going to have to win fifty five plus for me for Russell Westbrook to get it, and they could, could but I don't expect I could, it. I can see that uh, Oklahoma is forty to one to win the Western Conference. Would you rather like if would you rather have them at forty to one to win the Western Cup? Well, no. Like, see, I, I would I think they'd have problems against the Celtics. So I'm like, like well, the Celtics are Sixers of, of the yeah, Raptors. They, so. They would have trouble with a lot of the teams coming out of the East this year. I mean, yeah. a, an OKC Sixers series would be really weird, but <laughs> it would it, it, it would be a lot less fun than you think it would be. Right? Yeah, it would be defensive. Like I think both of those teams would make the other team look really it's, bad, it would, and it would that would be problematic. Would be total rock. So it's two seventy two two point seventy five to one is OKC to win that division. Uh. That's not bad. I I don't think they're going to win it. Um, we'll we'll get to that soon enough. But two point seven five is is a pretty solid. I mean, so that that division that division's so stacked though. I mean, because not only I mean, if Minnesota keeps Jimmy Butler, Portland is is certainly capable of winning a bunch of games. They won forty nine last year, and then I mean, Utah, Denver, both of them absolutely can. So that's not. I think that's a decent bet. I would I would personally much rather bet that than they're over myself because I, I think there's you know like if they go over this then they could, they'll have a good shot in the division and you, the payout is better. But you know I don't I don't love either of those personally. I'm just a little bit lower on them as a team. So do we like their division better or not? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I like it. It's not bad, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet it. Okay, so let's not put it on. I'm not gonna put. It, I'm gonna write it down. I think I'm, I'm a little because I think it's compared. I think both those teams are good. And it's competitive enough that I don't like 275 to 1 means I don't like it because there's too many teams that actually, actually win that conference. Those are that division, so yeah. I don't want it. Yeah, they, you're, like, you're, I, betting, I could, you're betting on them staying healthier than everyone else, and that's. I could totally see the Thunder winning like 51 games and losing the division easily. Oh, absolutely. Like finish, they, could win 51, they could win 51 and finish third in that division. Sure, they absolutely could. It's totally doable. Um, so th- we think, are now going, I think we're ready right. to move on to the Jazz. I, I will I will make this succinct. Utah one forty eight. They had the point differential of a fifty two win team. The over is over under is forty eight and a half. You want to go over forty nine and a half if you want to go under. This is the single easiest over for me on the entire board in the entire league. Uh, is it the single easiest? Single easiest I- because they don't have the same injury risk as Toronto. Like Tor- Toronto's another clear cut one here for me. But Utah, they're better than a forty nine win team. Right, like they're they're way better than a forty nine win team right now, and their their defense is going to travel. I think their offense is going to get better. And other than Donovan Mitchell, I, I mean, Rudy is obviously extremely important for them, but he missed time last year. Like this isn't you know yeah. you're already pricing that in. I think there's a distinct chance that they win fifty five. Like, they might even I win like, sixty. Like I well, think hey, there's hey, a chance. Hey, they is, win. Dante, is Dante is Dante Exum? Who is Dante Exum? Who's that guy? I see that second hand rotation. Is that an NBA player? Sorry, I'm just like, is he actually going to play this year? He is going to play this year. Yeah, I, if he can actually get on the court, yeah, he'll play. But I mean, this Utah team is insanely deep as well. I mean, 
to yeah. have. No, I, I like, I, I like Dick Crowder. I like Alec Burks. I like Stavo. I like, no, I like, I, no, I agree. I think really oh, good we team. have, a, we have a lot, we have a lot of, well, actually, you have a lot more others than I do, but like, we have a lot of, I think we both go overplay on this one, which yeah. is well, why, this, like, I don't This like is an easy, this is, this is an easy overplay, and I've gotten some of my overconfident easy over, like, easy overplays wrong. But I feel really, really good about this one. I think Quinn Snyder is a wonderful coach. I think he's a great regular season coach. This team gets up for a lot of for Snyder, a lot of opponents. Snyder is Snyder is a very good playoff coach too. He is a very good playoff coach too. And so yeah, I really like the Jazz. And there are some structural concerns for them when they face the best of the best. Like I I think of you know. Not because any precedent of when they played the Warriors a couple of years ago, but just the the versatility and the offensive dynamism of the Warriors would be a problem for them. But that is completely unrelated to all well, of these I questions. Think, that I just think we, we, we didn't get a fair look at the Jazz. Oh, agree, agree. That's why I'm not I'm because, not using that Rubio, series at all. Because Rubio got hurt, and Rubio is an underrated defender. Well, and Gobert Rubio was a- Gobert was well. Like, you mean last year? Yeah, last year Rubio yeah. wasn't there, and like when Rubio wasn't there, it kind of shifted the defense, and like they couldn't, they didn't have the personnel for it. Well, they, but I think they just need they need more creation. I think, and and Rubio could get there. I mean, also it could just be Donovan Mitchell being better. Like that that's the easiest way for their offense to improve this year. Don, Donovan Mitchell at a hundred to one to win MVP. I don't think he's going to be ready yet. I that's that's a lot to ask for him. Yeah, if, I could, if I could bet for him to finish top five, I might consider it. Yeah, I would consider that as well. Do, are, is Gobert even on the board? I don't expect him to win. Usually, no. guys like him don't. Gobert, go, go, Gobert is not winning MVP. It'd be so awesome if he did, though. Oh man, he's not, it'd be such he's a not. fun I, throwback. But no, I don't. I, expect lo- him to win. I, I love you, Rudy, but you're not winning MVP. Yeah, like if they win sixty, then <coughs> maybe maybe Donovan probably gets top five then. But I don't think he wins it. Yeah, it's he doesn't just, win. He, he, you have to pay your dues. You have to finish yeah. top five before you win. You know, right? Even even, Le- even LeBron when okay, there are a couple so, years where LeBron should have won. No, that didn't so happen. So, but I mean. Quinn Snyder could win Coach of the Year. There are a lot of different yeah, things that can yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's go through uh, division Snyder, conference Quinn title. Snyder, by the way, Quinn Snyder should have won. Either Quinn Snyder or Brad Stevens should have won Coach of the Year last year. Yeah, Brad Stevens should have won. Yeah, Casey uh, was like, what? Okay, but I think going. I think I had Snyder, Pop, Snyder. I mean, I'm sorry. I think I had Stevens, Pop, Snyder, then somebody else, then Casey. And I, I really respected the hell out of the job that Casey did last year. But well, we, I, I, I see. I expected them to do that. Like, and, and like that's all. I was like, oh, I, I, oh, he won a, well, he won the games that that team was supposed to win that many games. For me, but, he was but, supposed. But, to but Casey empowered their bench and everything. But yeah, Snyder's Snyder's a yeah, really yeah. good coach, and and that is yeah, also. Was, I think but, Snyder's a better coach than Casey. It was just that Casey did a good job last year. But but the scuttlebutt was he was kind of forced to do what he did in terms of like a, that's kind of what yeah, he, but like he, he was, still did it. I mean, you you he, get you don't it, the the background I, for that doesn't really. It's not the word is not best coach. The award is coach of the year. Um, but okay. anyway, that's that's a discussion we don't need to have. Uh, division. Let's do division conference title for them. Uh, oh, division conference title. So division for I know I have it open. So the Jazz uh, are forty to one to win the Western Conference. Okay, forty one to win the Western that's Conference. That's not bad, but I'm guessing I'm going to like one of the other ones better. So them to win the title. For the Jazz is sixty six to one. Actually, no, seventy nine to one. Okay, seventy seventy nine is cool, is is better. Um, <laughs> wait, so it was forty to one versus seventy nine to one, basically. Yes. So no, actually, no. yeah. So basically, that that's the argument there is saying that there that they would be about a coin flip to win the finals if they get there. That's 
Yeah, no, I could see the Eastern Conference team being pretty good. So ah, those are both fine. I don't, I don't love them just because I think the Jazz are a better regular season team than a playoff team. So that leads me to what are their division odds? They're, they've got the same odds. They've got the two point seven to one. Oh, odds. I would play that. Okay. Just hammer the crap out of that. Oh, like oh man, like two point seven to one. Oh, that's because I mean. Their Oklahoma City can have a good year and not be better than the Jazz. And the Jazz are more resilient to injury. They it, came have down, a, it came it came down to the last day. I think both teams. And, and, I think I think both teams are better. And you're well, arguing that like the Jazzes are a little bit better. And there's an argument to be had that they might be. Yes. And, and, and remember people. also that Utah. You've talked about this before. I think you're the one who got me onto this. That Utah has the second, in terms of year to year, Utah has the second strongest home court advantage because they play at the second highest altitude. So that's right. an advantage too. Yeah, and they, they're a good defensive team. They run out. And, like, no, and, again, Donovan was really playing out of position for a lot of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, like, if you've got full-strength Rubicky and you add in kind of full-strength Rudy and some of the guys on their bench, no, no. Well, and, I mean, and they're going to beat the – they're going to crush of- bad teams. Like, th- this team is just going to – you know, like if they're facing the, you know, the Magic or they're facing the Cavs, th- those teams are just going to, they're going to score yeah, they're gonna like look, 80 points and the Jazz, gonna, maybe the Jazz only score 95, but then they still win by 15. They're going to, they're going to wilt and die at the end of that. So yeah, no, I agree with that. <laughs> I think that, yeah, um, no, there are no rookie of the, there's, there's no rookies there. So, I mean, I think that at this point. Um, Grayson Allen for rookie of the year is not a bet I would make. No. No, not at all. Not Grayson Allen. No. Let's move on. Yeah, um, let's move on to the Houston Rockets. I mean, last year's crazy success story. They won 65 games, point differential of a 62-win team, and they took their foot off the accelerator a little bit at the end of last year because there was no reason for them to do anything more. They were, depending on how you want to dis- discuss the injuries in the Western Conference Finals, either a Chris Paul injury away from winning it or an Andre Guadalla injury away from being knocked out a little bit earlier, but they were an awesome, awesome, awesome team. And Vegas thinks they got worse. You know, 55 and a half, if you want to go over 56 and a half. And guess what? I agree they got worse. They got worse. How much worse is the key question. I really, really hate Carmelo Anthony on this team. Like, really, 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 really we hate. I think there's a chance that CP3 might actually murder him before, like, Christmas. And it's it just, Well, it's just, unless... I mean, the downside there is that Chris Paul would presumably go to jail. But, I mean, outside of that... <laughs> <laughs> would that necessarily make the Rockets worse? See, I don't know. I don't know. Why would Mike Antoni, like, just sign himself up for another, like, go-around with Carmelo Anthony? Like, an old, fat, like, out-of-shape Carmelo Anthony who couldn't – like, who literally – like, the, the Utah Jazz, like, literally just took him off the floor. You could not play Carmelo Anthony in that game. Well, and and, of, and so that's one part of this. But I think the other then, big part of this is the that they did you're, that, you're, that they, they got Melo, but then they also lost Ariza and Mbamute. Right. Because if they had if they had Melo just as like an insurance policy, a break glass kind of thing, we both wouldn't have liked it. They probably would have played him too much. But that would have been a much better circumstance. I would feel a lot better about Melo on the Rockets in that. But it's not that's not what this is. Like, Melo, I'm not... I, I don't know if he's necessarily going to start. I don't know if he's necessarily going to close, but he'll certainly be a part of it. So the Rockets, I mean, and they're going to really miss Ariza and Mute. Also, Jeff Bezdelic, it's oh. announced that he is that he is retiring as well, and he was an important part of their defensive success, which I think was the centerpiece of the Rockets being such a dominant team because they were able to beat opponents in a couple of different ways at the same time and just knock teams out in the third quarter or even earlier in certain cases. 
So I don't know how much losing Bazdelic is going to hurt them, but I, I think it will. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a real challenge. Really, he's retiring. Oh, he was he was. I mean, they still got Chris Spears. Hmm. And they and they already have so, like the lessons he did are still there, and it's a sw- it's a switch defense. So I'm not sure where, how much how much he's going to have Chris, to teach us now. But when Chris Paul, Harden, and Capella are <laughs> playing, they lost. I believe was it one or two games? It was very so, very it, few. It was like something like forty and two when the book three guys. Were- you just said why I'm picking the over here. I expected this number to be higher, and I expe- I, I thought it was going to be there. But, I mean, and, and something else to, to mention here. Chris Paul played in 58 games. James Harden played in 72. Eric Gordon played in 89. Capella missed eight games himself. You know, Ariza missed time. Ariza's not there anymore, but he missed time. You know, Ryan Anderson was a useful regular season player for them, but largely got marginalized. Like, it is entirely possible that they have better injury luck this year and that that really helps. And I also think when they have Chris Paul and James Harden on the floor together, when those guys are both problem, playing in the a game, problem is, they will the problem truck is, teams. What if Chris Paul, I mean, do we trust Chris Paul to play more than 60 games? Not particularly, but I and, don't. And then, but, when, but, Chris Paul, when Chris Paul isn't there, is this a 500 team? I think they're better than that. If James Harden's playing, if, if they have Harden, Capella, Eric Gordon, those type of guys, and I expect those guys to, to be out there most of the time, they'll be good. I yeah, mean, is, they, have depth, is, this, they have depth guys. And I don't really. Love, they have death. Well, well I mean, PJ Tucker will help them. I mean, James Ennis is useful. Like, the, the, I think that they'll, Michael you know, Carter if, Williams. Draws if they mean, take a so, like, here, here's a good Chris, way of thinking about this. Sukui, Sukui is going to be involved. Okay. We're okay, so here's a good way of Come thinking on. about this. Last year, Toronto. So Houston had a, a a plus nine. They had a plus nine net rating. Toronto was a plus eight, and Toronto won sixty games. Houston, first of all, they have the the pieces to be a good clutch team because, I mean, especially in the regular season, they have just ridiculous talent, and they can lock in defensively even if they don't for the rest of the game. They can do it then. So what I, are, who, are the, who are the Rockets starters? Well, so we only really need to talk about two spots. One of them will go to Ennis. The other spot probably goes to Melo, and that made my heart sad, and that's why I should Ooh. I feel bad about it. And that's why I'm going to overfade it, not Ooh. overplay it. But that's part yeah, of it. I'm, the other part is Chris Paul. I really, 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 really hate this line because I wish it was higher so I could go under. Or uh, God, 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 fifty-five and a half. Did they win fifty-five? They won fifty-five and a half when they they won more than that when they had like uh, Dwight Howard a couple of years ago. And I think Capella is actually better, significantly better player than he was before. Uh, I think if it's just Capella and Harden, it's close. If Paul plays enough time, I see it. But I just in my head, I don't know how it works with like Carmelo in there, because Carmelo. I, I mean, I, I swear to God. But I mean, remember, like, this, but remember, it's the regular season. Like I, I think Houston is. I, I, but I, I really but, hate what they did to their title odds. But in the regular season, like when they're playing Portland but, or they're playing Detroit, I don't think like Melo's. Gonna, it's going to hurt. But teams don't really do a lot of that game planning type stuff. I've done the like when I've done comps with Melo historically, players have come the best against them. James Worthy is a good example. We're out of the league by this year. Like basically everybody who compares Melo was out of the year by this age. Like they had a steep decline, which Melo has had a steep but, decline. But here's, and they were, like, here's the point though: if, if Melo's that bad, D'Antoni's not going to have to play him. If he's that bad, the Rockets are competing for a championship. I, I think they'll be able. He's not going to have the equity with that team to say you who have is, to play. Who, him. who is guarding? Who is guarding wings on this team? 
Ennis, probably. But they switch Green. they switch everything. Okay. That doesn't thinking about that from the Rockets' perspective isn't necessarily useful. They're not in their one on one matchups ever. Okay, so I'm gonna go over fade. Are you going over fade too? I'm going over fade as well. But and yeah, here's something here's uh, something else to consider, not necessarily for these odds, but for something else is Houston, because of what happened to their forward rotation this year and the fact that so many guys are hitting free agency, they're going to be an awesome buyout destination. And so I don't think it's going to be Ariza, but I mean, if I were a like a, a pretty good three or four that was on a kind of a hopeless team, I would leave a ton of money on the table if the Rockets promised me a starting spot. Because cool, but well, no, it's going to be a guy on an expiring contract. So Be- Beverly, no, Be- Beverly on an expiring contract. He is on an expiring contract, but I'm thinking more of like mm-hmm. a, a forward. So I mean. I, I see the hard thing is a lot of the, those kind of forwards are actually on good teams, so they might not do it. But like, let's say Portland's out of the playoff picture. I don't expect them to be this early, but like Al Farouk Aminu, well, yeah. Aminu could do that. Harkless maybe. I mean, Harkless has an extra year. One, you know, like, there's there's, a, there's enough bad teams where I could yeah yeah I see the someone's, like some I feel like someone's going to materialize and and, yeah, and like, go on the Rockets well, because that's so, so the listeners. So the listeners understand this, right? I was I went through Maria. We, we mentioned that at the beginning of the, of the Eastern Conference podcast. I went to Maria, and the first thing I tweeted back when I got back after like two months of like this horrible thing, two two weeks of this horrible thing that happened to me was me literally laughing at like the the, the okay, they're picking up Carmelo Anthony. I was like, what? And like it's the same reaction. It's like I like Houston. I thought they had a good chance to win the title last year. I really wished they'd actually gotten over the hump. They were close because I I, I think that Harden and Chris Paul kind of deserve that trip to the final or deserve the chance at a ring. But getting Melo just kind of like what are you doing, right? Like this isn't Melo from five years ago. You're getting a guy who who just really at this point can't do what you thought he could do, and he kind of is a liability across the board, specifically when you replace Trevor Ariza for him. But whatever. Um, the Rockets are two, uh, <laughs> two gets you nine to win the uh, division, right? So it's that's like minus three hundred, minus three fifty, I think. Right? Yeah, so you, I, I expect them to win the division, but that doesn't seem worthwhile. Yeah, and let's and I don't see. I wouldn't bet them. I wouldn't bet them to, to win the title or win the conference. Well, that's what are, what are those odds? I wouldn't either. But what are they? You want to see them? Uh, yeah. Okay, champ. So their championship odds. So the point. So championship winner, the Rockets are at nine to one. Okay, I think that's a little. I think that's strong. I think that's stronger than it should be. Well, I see Betfair. Betfair actually has them at what is this? Sixty-six to but that is uh, thirteen to one. That's Betfair. Well, Betfair Exchange has them at thirteen to one. I might be a crypto site, but like uh, nine to one, ten to one is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's too strong, and then I'm assuming their conference odds are going to be similar. It's just it's just not worth it. Yeah, Rockets to win the conference are six to one. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I mean, they're they're going to be in a tough fight against the Warriors, and the Warrior, you know, unless somebody is like, out and can't play is, in the finals. Who's covering? What is like? Is, is Carmelo covering KD in the in the in the playoffs? No, and it's probably as they'll put Melo on like Draymond or on the center or something like that. But they remember they're switching everything, so it, th- that part of it doesn't matter as much. It's just that what the problem is that the Warriors are going to ma- manufacture it so that Melo's on, on Steph or Melo's on uh, on on chasing Clay around or something. Uh, I'm on record. I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't give, I don't, I don't give Steve the benefit of the doubt on that anymore. I don't know that necessarily. Well, I know he will, it, it was, he will with Mello because Mello, yeah, Mello is an easy. He goes after the easy targets. So the only ones like Ennis Cantor, he went after years ago. Would you let's let's say the, the the Rockets are playing the Jazz in the semi in the conference semis? 
I think the Jazz. Are they getting past the Jazz? I don't think they are. I mean, it's possible <laughs> because Houston, Houston's offensive talent is is great, but I I would probably favor where they are right now. Now, if Houston gets somebody better on the forward line, I could change yes. that. But knowing what we know right now, I would pick the Jazz over the Rockets. Uh, in a yeah, I, and uh, yeah, I, I, because I know that Quinn Snyder is just basically going to like penalize them mercilessly if they if they right. if they even think about having Melo on the floor. They're like no. Well, and, and they don't have any other – it's not like they have these high-ceiling other options at that spot. I mean, oh, Marquise Chris, is he the answer? The answer is no. Oh. Like, they, they don't have those other ones. They can get that through Mar- a buyout or something else, but they don't have it right now. Marquise Chris is not the answer in a playoff series. Um, James Harden is 6-1 to one to win the MVP. So I, I think he has a pretty good shot this year. I think that's – if, if Chris Paul gets hurt – yeah, well, no, because Harden's going to put up ridiculous numbers, and the Rockets are going to win a lot of games. I think Harden I'm, is going to have an easier case in many ways than than either Giannis or AD because the Rockets are going to be a good team. I think the Rockets are going to be better than the Bucks and the Pels, and Harden's going to put up numbers. That I think their offense is going to be unbelievable again, maybe not as unbelievable as last year. So yeah, I'd throw a little bit on that. I don't think it's a great number, but I'd throw a little bit on that. I I I think right now, off the top of my head, I think Harden's the most likely. MVP. The Rockets are really, yeah. Uh, I don't agree with that. I mean, if you, if you, I mean, I'll, I'll put it that Danny likes you like the. I was, I was all in on Harden for MVP last year. Oh, so was I. Yeah. 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 We were like, oh no. He, it it yeah. made it made total sense. Like the Harden case, we both thought the Rockets were going to exceed expectations. Like that was that was one of the easier MVP predictions, especially so because is, there was the whole LeBron malaise thing and everything like that, which really did manifest in Cleveland. Uh, Danny likes Harden. I don't think he's going to win back to back MVPs. That's just not. I don't think that's happening unless like he has an out of body experience. Like they don't. Unless, like, if, if they somehow manage to, like, talk Doc Rivers and trading them, like, Beverly and Lou Williams for, like, for, like, well, for, like, see, Mello. Here's the thing. It's a regular season award, and if the Rockets win a bunch of games, I, I think he'll have... He'll have a cleaner case than the Warriors guys because he, it's harder. Those guys. It, it's, it's harder to win that second MVP. I, I think that, like, unless this, this is why I like, like, it's either like to me, it's either AD, Giannis, or Kawhi. That's because just. Based on kind of where we are, I think that's kind of what you're what you're looking at because I think that it's going to be really hard for Harden to make the case for another for back to back MVP. They're not going to be better and or like even comparable. Whereas like Curry won his MVP, but, like but it wasn't better. it wasn't close last year. Like that's the thing. Like he he has ground to step back and still be better. I expect yeah, either, but they, but they, I expect they, somebody to improve to be sure. But the, the way the NBA the, the way the NBA works for MVP is like he the people felt he was owed an MVP. That's, but that's not why that, I, I completely disagree with that in this in this case but, because he was the, he was the unquestioned best like he was the best yeah I don't I agree with that but like, like it wasn't it that, wasn't it wasn't a legacy award like when Kobe won or something like that he deserved the MVP he won the MVP he, he totally deserves it I, I think they're going to be like at least five or six games worse and that will play significantly I think the MVP is probably going to be one of the top it's either going to be so it's probably going to be one of the I don't know Kawhi Giannis or or AD unless either KD or Curry gets hurt in which case it's either KD or Curry if KD or Curry misses a significant time then it's the other Whoever it is, right? Like, ignore everything unless, like, if one of the Warriors gets hurt, then it's, it's there. Um, you want to talk about the Warriors now? Yeah, let's do it. So the Warriors, uh, they they won 58 last year. They had the point differential of a 58-win team. Yeah. They they are, you know, it's over with 62.5, under is 63.5. I believe they won at a, like, 66-win pace last year when Steph Curry played. They were really, really, really good, and then they were significantly less good when he wasn't on the floor. 
but but we were we were on the under on them, and we were both on the under on them last year, and it was an easy bet. I think we went well, no, actually we went over on them last year. We did we? Crazy. Yes, we have over. Yeah, we said. Uh, well, I mean, I thought. Th- I think I remember my logic of it was I thought that they were just that they were going to be passive, but they were just so good that it wouldn't yes. matter. And that logic still largely holds. I'm going to well, go. I mean, I'm going to go. Both, I'm going to underfade this year. But uh, both Curry and Durant missed time. They did, and and, and I think the the take is let's. I would go under and fade because yes. one, I, I just I, I, I think they're not going to give a they're not going to give a single crap about the regular season. Right. They're the gonna defense, win, they're gonna the w- defense is going to be weird. They're going to be working in Demarcus Cousins. There are some real questions with their rotational depth on the wing because Andre Iguodala is going to take the first half of the season off. I feel like they're going to be worse this season in the regular season than they were. They're they're a worse team for the regular season this year than they were last year. Again, as well, I said, so regular, I, I agree with you, but I think season. they'll I think they'll be healthier this year, which is a significant difference. Uh, I mean, Curry and KD always miss time, and the, and the way that the Warriors well, manage they, the, they always miss time, but they don't always miss this much time necessarily. Yeah, but I think the Warriors and and, and, and will be very careful with them and make sure that they manage them. So they'll give them a lot of days off. So it'll be, it'll be a little bit spurious, where like they'll win like you know I think the Lions sixty two. I think they'll win like fifty nine. I think. See, I think fifty-nine to sixty probably gets them the one seed in the in the West, and they won't care about beating the three Atlantic teams. So, like, I think they they'll they'll, they'll be fine with like they don't need the home court advantage in the in the in the finals, and they'll be fine just having more wins than the Rockets. And I think the Rockets are going to be in Vegas thinks they're going to be significantly worse. So, I, I don't think there, I don't think there's any justification. If Vegas thinks that the Rockets are going to win fifty-six games. There's no justification for thinking the Warriors are going to win sixty-two. Because like they, yeah, unless, unless Utah goes bonkers and wins sixty, which I think is yeah. possible but not likely. Yeah, and, and I'm I, not sure that the Warriors are freaking out about Utah getting home court. I, I, think, I, 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 think, I think they would prefer to have it, but I think depth, I think depth wise, the depth wise, the Warriors are worse than they were last year, at least for the regular season because Cousins isn't healthy, and they're missing a couple of key guys that like were good pieces off the bench, right? I mean, I think I love Jordan Bell, but you know. You know, if he's healthy, then that's that's interesting. And then Igui, Iguodala, like he's probably on the decline of his career. And you know, Cousins isn't healthy, so you know, I think they're still a dominant team. I just for the grind of a regular season, yeah, fifty eight, fifty nine, and they won't, they won't care. I mean, like I think they'll win about the same number of games as they did last year. And I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they won more. But think think about it. You can even if they win sixty three and you bet the under, you still win. Like I would, I, cons- think- I would consider betting this. It's just that I could easily see them winning sixty five because. They're they're a 65 win team when they're healthy. If I remember correctly, I think the the Spurs hold the current record for the team with the lowest number of minutes for their lead minute getter. I think they did it like, I I gotta check, but I think it was like either 2015 or 2016. And I think the the 2018, 2019 Golden State Warriors could challenge that. They could. They absolutely could. I I think they, they might not have anybody like you know, even close to 2,500 minutes, yeah. right? Because I just, there's, there's no, why? Why would you do that? They're not going to play the fourth quarter a lot of time. And they're going to get, like, if a guy is even like, oh, no, just take, just, just take the week off. Well, I think I think they might actually be a little higher than that in minutes per game, but they'll tone down the games played for some of these guys because some of the Warriors have talked about that before, that they actually prefer not playing in a game to playing fewer minutes because they're like, once I'm ready to go, I might as well. But they never, they, but they never, they never run. They almost never. They rarely, they rarely run that last rotation. Right. So they, they, right. Like they yeah. have these rotations, and their last eight minute rotation, they only run when it's a tight game. Yeah. And they just don't run it, and that's regular. And then like what they'll do, as you say, they'll they'll manage. And then when they give somebody the day off, that's the day where like they they. They have the guys run the last rotation. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll minute manage and they'll win enough games to get their one seed, probably. In the, and they'll try to win enough games. Unless, I mean, unless they get hurt, then, like, you know, the, the, one of, if either Jazz or the Rockets are at 63, they'll be like, eh, we can still beat them going on the road. So, yeah. I again, I'm not... I don't think they're uh, going to be pushing, like, this isn't going to be when they won 73, one of the big reasons they no. did because San Antonio was pushing them. They'll be pushed, but I don't think they'll be pushed to win, like, 65. Nobody, nobody's going to win 65 games out of the West. That's my, uh, nobody's winning 65. Now, somebody might win 65 games out of the East, but nobody's winning 65. Because in the East, you'll have three teams that are going to be pushing each other, and they will care. Because they'll, they're going to want to have home court advantage yeah. in the Eastern Plains. The Warriors will not care one I don't think the Warriors are scared of any single – the Warriors aren't scared of any team in the West. No, I don't think they are. That, I mean, they, I think they respect a couple of teams. It would be interesting because Utah – I mean, Utah gave them the business once last year. It was when Steph was out, so it's not the biggest story in the world. Yeah. But I, I want to see that. And then let's go through – so for them, it's division, conference title, but also uh, MVP odds for Steph and Katie. So Western Conference winning odds for them is – uh, two gets you five, so that is, I think it's minus two fifty. So yes, minus two fifty. So you have to bet two dollars to get like five dollars yeah, to get. That doesn't that doesn't seem worth it, even though I expect them to win the West, just because like there are better uses of your money. So they're 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 four uh, four four sevens to win the uh, title. Okay. So yeah, a little better than even like that's going to be four sevens is like uh, minus one seventy five. Seventy five. Somebody's going to correct me, but I think that's about right. Uh, so again, I I, again, that. it's not bad, but I don't think I'd bet it. Um, and the division odds that. are going to be hilarious, but they're going to win that division. Oh, oh god, the division odds like are they even like listed? one to eight? No, one to twenty. <laughs> no, I, I think. Let me, let me, that's the best thought. Let me say this. I mean, I don't see any scenario where, like, barring, like, a nuclear strike, where, like, the Warriors don't win the Pacific. Well, especially because there's really only one other team in the division that is going to get even close. Like, I know, but, but it, you know, it would require, it would still require a nuclear strike. It's, it's like, really, because, because, you, I mean, even if, even if the Warriors lost, if the Warriors lost Clay and Curry, and yeah, like we, both, like we both went under on the Lakers. So then theoretically, like if you're saying, what do you, so basically the Lakers would have to exceed. They, I think the Lakers would probably have to win like in the mid mid fifties, probably. And then the Warriors would have to fall. Yeah, in but the if, mid-50s. If, if, if they won, if they won in the mid fifties, the Warriors would care. Right. Right. Yeah. The Warriors might, might the Warriors might give a sh- yeah. The, the it, it might, might not. It up. might not be an argument. So do you have the Steph and KD MVP odds? Because that's the only other thing. Yes. I think. Yes. I will. I will check those really quickly. So the MVP odds for. KD are twelve to one. Okay, that's not bad. And the one for the ones for Curry are eighteen to one, and I like the Curry eighteen to one. I like Curry's better. Yeah, because yeah. I, I mean he still has the offensive capability. Maybe not if I, I think if he wins an MVP, it would be more like his first one than his second. You know that that second Steph MVP year is probably never coming back. But I could see him doing eighteen to one. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. You can throw a few ones. Uh, I'm basically I'm 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 writing Steph better for MVP at eighteen to one. Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, I was going to ask if you have anything more, but we've been on this for long enough that I'm just going to thank you for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, it's been great, uh, and I hope to keep doing this every year. It's always fun. It's a tradition, man. Thanks again to Arturo Galetti for taking the time to come on. You can check out Daily Roto. You can also follow him on Twitter, at American Numbers. Really enjoy continuing that tradition. I'm happy that we talked to numerous points about when we recorded it because certainly there are a few little elements that are outdated, but really the process there I think is pretty solid, including the Jimmy Butler stuff. I mean, that was before the demand was out there. 
Still two weeks until the actual regular season games start, though fortunately, at least preseason basketball starts soon enough. So going to have two episodes between now and the start of the season, and then also that first episode, you know, not a whole lot has happened at that point. So can look forward to that. I have ideas of how that's going to go. Not everything locked in yet, but I have a pretty good plan for it. If you want to support this show, lots of great ways you can do it. You can leave a rating, leave a review in the podcast player of your choosing. It's great if it's Apple Podcasts. It's even better if for whatever reason you're using a different one. If you write a review in both, you're allowed to do that. You can if you want. Also, subscribing, downloading every episode, incredibly important, especially with a weekly show like this that doesn't have a specific release date to check that out. Also, just spreading the word. Word of mouth is is incredibly important. Telling people you like the show, everything like that. And if you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com is the way to do it. You can also listen to the dunked on episodes that I've done in Nate's stead. I did four episodes breaking down seven teams with a guest, and then I did news with Tim Bontemps talking about Jimmy, talking about the Mavs situation and numerous other things. So you can go through those. Dunked on is back to five days a week starting next week. So you'll also have a lot more content there. Plus, of course, the weekly Real GM Radio episode. And I have some written content coming down the pike. It's in the editorial process. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited for actual basketball to start coming around. I forgot to mention during the other part, the biggest thing you can do to support the show is to check out our sponsors. Robinhood, an amazing, interesting new way to buy stocks. Robinhood, you go to realgm.robinhood.com. BetOnline.ag, if you go there, you can use the promo code PODCAST1, O-N-E, and you get a 50% sign-up bonus, which is awesome. And then Pluto TV, the leading free television streaming service. Don't need to use a credit card or anything, just check out Pluto TV. That's all for now. Thank you for listening to this marathon. Take care and make it a great day. Microsoft Surface Pro 8 has the power of a laptop and the versatility of a tablet, all in one. This thin and adaptable device has a touchscreen and a newly designed signature keyboard that can even store your Surface Pen. Surface Pro 8 is Microsoft's most powerful pro yet. Show the world how you stand out with Surface Pro 8. Check it out at surface.com slash surface pro 8.